A search for an ancient tomb of a witch takes a beautiful young girl on a mission that brings her to a house of madness. She is innocent of the dangers that surround her. The storm that rages outside is an omen of the reign of terror about to begin. A strange tale of the unknown world. A world of fear where the supernatural exists. Werewolf Shadow. The full moon of the Valpurgis night brings the vampires from their graves. The early sunrise drives them back to sleep in their tombs. Vampire versus werewolf in a battle to the death. See the werewolf terrorize the countryside. of the devil, exorcism, a sacrifice, blessing, or bestiality, curse of the devil, Satan in control of the body and the mind. My love will destroy the creation. I swear that you'll find it. Welcome to the Nashy Cast. We have been remiss in getting new episodes to you, but tonight, oh my goodness, do you get a doozy. Uh, I am Rod Barnett. I'm Troy Gwynn. And we're here to just interview someone else. Years ago, there was a fanzine. Actually, it kind of a was a semi-professional kind of mm-hmm. magazine before yeah. the end of it. Yeah. Called Videos, Your Guide to European Horror and Exploitation on Videotape. And the publisher of that magazine was named Bob Sargent. As long as we've been doing the Nashi cast, mm-hmm. this has been mm-hmm. an incredibly useful reference tool. Yes. And we've used it over and over, episode by episode, movie after movie, because it uh, that particular magazine, issue uh, number six slash seven, yes, it was a big double issue, folks. Yes, yeah, yeah. Gave us a lot of information, and a full-length interview with Mr. Nashi and Mr. Nashi's comment, comments slash commentary on pretty much every movie he'd ever made. So it was an invaluable resource, and uh, Bob Sargent, over the years, has uh, been incredibly nice. To me, uh, we got to be friends in an online forum, and uh, it was very exciting to be able to uh, get back in touch with him recently and start talking to him about Nashi films again, and uh, to see how the the recent Blu-ray releases have, have kind of rekindled his romantic love mm-hmm. with the Mr. Nashi. And uh, it was just so much fun to talk to him. Yeah, it was great. That, why you know, why not let you in, you know, why not invite everybody in, right? That's right. Troy and I don't want to hog it all. <laughs> That's right. Well, I don't know. Troy may want to hog it all. I, I can't speak for Troy. It's all mine. Keep away. Keep it's away. All, it's all yours. <laughs> so uh, luckily, uh, Mr. Sargent was willing to speak to us uh, at length. Mm. And also, uh, he did it. He did his homework. He was a good podcast guest. Yes, he was. He is. He's informed us that he has created a 
top 10 Paul Nashy films list. So that's going to be the centerpiece of this interview, mm-hmm. and I think you're going to enjoy it. Yep. So uh, we had some uh, some letters we were going to include in this episode, but the, the, the interview we feel is probably going to be long enough for an episode, and we're going to shoot an, an extra episode your way later on that will involve uh, a fair amount of feedback that we've gotten on the show. So uh, look for that episode to drop sometime later on. But uh, tonight, I guess we will just present our interview with Mr. Bob Sargent. Testing, testing. We're good. Yeah, we're so good. this is this is the Nashi cast, right? Correct. This is the, the Nashi famous Nashi cast. So what what number are you guys up to? I'm sure you're counting. Uh, I am counting, but uh, I'll be honest. I would have to look it up to remember. Yeah. Because, I lost track. Oh, lost track a while back, and then uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I screwed up the numbering at some point on the on the extra <laughs> episodes. I. I I don't. Yeah. Well, you ran, you ran out of Nashy movies, so then you moved to other Spanish movies, right? Yeah, yeah. We sort of do these episodes we call Beyond Nashy that we uh, do. We I, call it we call it the Nashy verse. You know, any it's got <laughs> actors and directors who who also worked with Paul Nashy. It qualifies, you know. So we, that, that's sort of that's a much wider umbrella. Uh, yeah, I, we don't don't do too many specifically Nashy cast episodes these days. It's kind of when we can stumble upon one of those as yet unfound films uh, or, or you know, have something like this where we can just interview somebody who, you know, we talk about their, their Nashy experiences. and So I got to ask you guys, so speaking of which, so are there, are there at Nashy movies that you have not seen? I mean, besides the obvious ones that, you know, like the second werewolf movie, right, the lost ones. Like nobody's seen. Well, it's funny that you uh, uh, mentioned that because when in your in your videos magazine, uh, I'm, I'm really jealous because you, as far back as then, 1994, you mentioned uh, having seen over 50 Nashy movies. Even at that time, when I think Rod and I were still barely scratching the surface in those days, as far as getting what we could on. Yeah, yeah. But but you mentioned one in specific that still we've not managed to grab a copy of is that. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong, but I guess the Spanish version is Agonizando en el Crimen, which I guess maybe translates yeah. as agonizing in crime or something like that. It's You mentioned yeah, seeing that. Yeah, about right. And that's one that we've, we've still never tried. What year, what year does that one? That was 67. Uh, I think it's basically, he considers oh, it like his first yeah. major role, I think, is that one was his first. You know, I think I can fix that for you. Man, if you could. Because I'm, I'm almost certain that I've got, a, it's a VHS copy, but mm. if you have an old, venerable VHS machine that you could hook up somewhere or a friend who could transfer it, you know, burn a, burn a disc or something for you. I could probably just send you the tape, but I'm sure I got that one. We can, uh, we can figure something out. Is um, I'm assuming that there's absolutely no English version of it. No, you know, it's funny because I just watched, um, this, this thing that, um, Oh man, I forget the, the director who acted in it—it was—it translates as diabolical shutter. It's got Patty Shepard in it. Oh wow! Okay. I don't know if you guys seen that one. And and finally, somebody like just subtitled it around like maybe like ten years ago. But you know, like you guys, I had suffered through you know just <laughs> Spanish language only, no subs, no clue what's going on. <laughs> well, oh you know. man, I, well, we we've all. I find it hard to do that because. I, I, I worry that I'm going to stumble my way through something that I don't understand, and then one day, when I can watch it with subtitles, I already know what weird-ass thing happens at the end, and it's spoiled for me. And it's like, <laughs> well, shit, I'm, now yeah. I'm just waiting for the weird-ass thing at the end to happen. 
now that I have an explanation for it, it's like, God damn it, what the fuck am I doing to myself? Or, or even worse, it's like back in the days when I was publishing and I was writing, I was trying to write for everybody too because I was just pulling in a lot of favors, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd be watching these movies that no one else would have reviewed them. So it's like, all right, I'll watch it and I'll try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had it figured out, but of course, you, I read the reviews now and I cringe it. Yeah, I cringe a bit because it's like, oh boy, I had that all wrong. <laughs> you know? It's like that's her brother, not her husband. Oops. <laughs> oh well, yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing is, stumbling through a movie that you don't know the language. I mean, it's 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 a minefield because it's like, oh, oh I thought man. I thought they were mother. I thought they were mother yeah. and son. And man, that mother and son is this about incest? Wait, is that, <laughs> how did I? How did well, well, get this one. You ever seen I Hate My Body? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yes. And you are the person who you are the person who introduced me to that film, so don't start no bullshit about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of them. I saw it in Spanish, right? Oh, my goodness. And I'm like thinking, and, and, you know, so you guys know the film. Yeah. And of course, yeah. I'm like watching this in Spanish going, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> but I did figure out that, okay, the only person that knew that they had done the trans, the, the brain, the mind transfer, you know, the man's body right. to the, the, the man's mind to the woman and vice versa, right? Was the doctor who died in the fire. And it's like, oh, all right. So I did pick up on that much. <laughs> but then the big question is like, what the hell is Brian maybe doing in this thing? Didn't he do like, uh, um, man, what was that crazy movie? Um, it wasn't She Freak, was it? You know, the movie oh, She Freak? I remember I She Freak. She yeah, Freak. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so wasn't, wasn't he involved in that? And he did like television, but it's like, what the hell is he doing? Making a movie in Spain, and there's Alexander Bastedo with a bullwhip, yes, <laughs> whooping Gemma Corvo, and it's like, oh, I bet Alexander never wanted to talk about that movie. I can see why. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing: I that I hate my body is one of the is one of the many movies. There's like two or three movies from um, the, that we've covered on the show as part of like the Beyond Nashy thread of shows where yep. I honestly don't understand if. There, there, there would be an audience for these batshit crazy films if you package them properly because yeah. they're insane and they're entertaining. Yeah. They work very well as films, but they're so exploitative that they're, they almost sell themselves just on the strength of... I, I, I would have to review the trailers, but my God, the, the, the subject matter alone is complete madness and it would be, a, it would be an absolute joy. I, I think about that and some of the uh, some of the stuff that uh, the, uh, the the vamp- the vampire woman uh, Emma Cohen the woman. oh you're talking about the the, the strange loves the vampire strange loves of yeah. the vampire oh yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> damn it I mean I, some of it I'm sure is a question of of rights who has the right you know who's mm-hmm. who's the rights holder Probably. and if there's a decent enough print yeah. or even a, a a check print that somebody can get their hands on so that you can put out a decent digital version of it I'm sure that interferes with a number of these things but yeah. at this point. I'm willing to believe that almost everything is doable simply because Hell of the Devil came out on Blu-ray. Yeah, that was, yeah. yes. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? It and does. what a beautiful print, too. Oh, I yeah. just watched that one, like, maybe a few months ago. And, you know, I made a, I made a top ten list for you guys. Oh, I know. I, know. I, I, can't, I, I can't wait to do it. Maybe, yeah, yeah, good. I'm so glad I figured, you, did, you know, we, we'll probably get to that if you want to. But yeah, sure. That would be a Believe it or not, I'll tell you, Howl of the Devil didn't make my list, but that's a strong runner-up. Mm. Oh, I, I love the What was that, around 88 or something like that? 88. Well, it's one of those things where even if it didn't make your like our list of necessarily top 10 Nashy films, it was certainly high on the list of, when it came to Blu-ray release, wish lists. You know, that, it was yeah. very oh, yeah. high on that list. You know, just because there have been no good versions of it at all on any home home, home video 
Uh, so, so that was why it was way up on the list, of, yeah. and 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 also and high on the not, list of the ones we never thought would happen too. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I know, right? It's it's like it's amazing what a day and age we live in. It's like yeah. all of this stuff popping up everywhere that you thought you'd. Yeah. Thought oh, we never, never thought we'd it. see any of this. Yeah, I mean, this that, that's the that's the thing about how the devil is that for the first time when we were watching when we were watching uh, a digital early digitalized version of it for uh, working on the the commentary it was the first time that dozens of pieces of details started to come out. We're just like, mm-hmm. oh, so he shot mm-hmm. the guy's bottle of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. We had no idea that he'd done that because the, the prints <laughs> we'd all seen for years were so shitty, you had no yeah. discernible detail. And it's yeah. just like, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> right. It's just like all kinds of stuff. There's just all kinds of stuff. With, well, anyway, we, we, live at, we live in an age of wonders. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. Uh, Mr. Sergeant, before we go too far, I do want to tell you yes, that sir. you... Uh, and we, you, we've talked about this, uh, you know, off podcast, shall we say? But it was your yeah. videos magazine. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'll hold it up and show it to you because yeah. this, this <laughs> is, is this is what you wrought, sir. This is what you unleashed upon the world, mm-hmm. and uh, you are a, a big part of why it it it, bec- it became so easy for me, at least, yeah. to get into Nash's films because I had a roadmap. Yeah, same here. And, and the roadmap and was this magazine. It we, was. This yeah. was the magazine that allowed me to get a handle on what I was looking for and what I was looking at. That's why we're so good to have you on the show now because we've been quoting. We, I'm sure we've mentioned your name yeah. from the very first show we ever did. We've been quoting from this yep. magazine and and giving you credit for you know for for this magazine. So it's become it. If there's any, I mean, it literally is the Bible of the Nashi cast. If one book can be called that, and now it's it's pretty well, much I mean, it because <laughs> the thing about it is this this has the the. It, this has the man's own words mm-hmm. on almost every film he made up through 92. So what better reference point can we have? Yeah. Well, And there are so many stories that I could tell you about how that came about, but what you just said in the man's own words, right? Yeah. Yeah. Christopher Lee did a similar book, which I have a copy of. It's like this big hardbound thing. It's every film he ever made in his own words. So Mike Sekula was who mm-hmm. was my collaborator on this. Yeah. Actually, the the interview was pretty much all Michael and, and his friend uh, Jose Luis Gonzalez, and they were over in Madrid, right? And I think at the time, if I'm remembering, and it's more Michael's story to tell, but I, I haven't talked to him in years. I should call him. Uh, I guess Nashi was just kind of sitting around his apartment. This is the way he told me the story because his wife, Elvira, was in the hospital, I guess, at the time, and Nashi didn't have anything to do. And, and so Michael's buddy's like, hey, you want to you go over and meet him? So the next thing you know, they're over there. And I think he wrote it in the intro that he just, it was very surreal for him staring yeah. at Nashi's mailbox. And then they're <laughs> getting buzzed up into his building, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then the idea came about that, you know, well, he had time on his hands and he figured, mm-hmm. hey, let's get him to talk about everything he's ever done. Yeah. And he was willing to do it. And I think it took two or three days. And Michael's like, my God, am I going to run out of batteries? And do I have enough tapes yeah. you know, to do all this? Wow. And then, But he got it. He transcribed it. Um, I talked to talked him into letting me publish it. So it took, it took a long time to get to that point. But, um, you know, I always, when I started publishing, I, I wanted to, I wanted to publish the kind of stuff that, I wanted to read. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very gratified to hear that, you know, you guys liked it and you found it helpful because I I actually, I refer back to it sometimes myself because there's so much there that I forget. Yeah. Well, um, 
and, and I would that actually kind of leads me into one of the things I wanted to ask before we start getting really specifically Nashy discussion is is if uh, you could just give us a little a little background or, or just tell us the story of videos and how it how it did kind of come about and how it got started. Yeah, yeah okay. because after all, I, this this wonderful Nashy issue was was number six slash seven, so it was a double issue. But that means there were issues before it. So and, how did this go? How did this yeah. happen? And and there were issues. Well, one issue after it too. I was going to ask. Yeah, I was going to ask how long there. it lasted. Yeah. Well, I let's see. I'm sure you guys know Craig Ledbetter. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. European trash cinema. Yeah. So I bought Craig, so many movies from him over. I, I bought so many movies from him throughout the nineties, early two thousands. My God. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I blame Craig. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is his fault because he kind of. I don't want to say he talked me into publishing, but he definitely nudged me into into the the right direction because he just kind of went whole hog. He was publishing another fanzine called High Tech Terror, and then there came about a time where he decided, I'm just going to hit the hell with it. I'm going to focus on what I really like, which is European trash cinema. And I started reading it, and after a couple of doses of his magazine, I was hooked. So <laughs> I wrote to him. And Craig was like a mega letter writer, you know, mm-hmm. where he would just, he, he, you know, you get a letter from Craig and it was like on this yellow legal pad and it was pages <laughs> and pages and pages of stuff. <laughs> and somehow I, I ended up writing a review for him. And then I started talking to him about what it would be like to publish. And we didn't really think would happen. And then right around 1990, I guess, I kind of did it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he was he was actually really. He, I guess he said he felt he was rather proud of me because says you know a lot of people talk about doing this kind of stuff, but you actually did. Yeah. And then I kind of kept doing it. But the first the first issue was kind of fun because in my first editorial, I was able to talk about why I got into this stuff in the first place. Right. Um, you know, and there were things that you know, you know we all kind of have those moments in in our you know mm-hmm. in our. Well, I would even go back to my childhood. I was, gosh, probably like probably 10, 12, maybe 13, you know, and things would happen. Like I was living in rural Pennsylvania outside of Philadelphia. And I guess one of the, I guess, landmarks for me was um, I discovered on one of those UHF channels, you know, the the grainy channels that you'd watch late at night. They had a horror show host and they had it was a uh, was a show called Screamin. It was a guy named Dr. Shock. Mm-hmm. And he, Dr. Shock would run all of the, you know, B-movies, right? And it's like, it was my first introduction to all the classic universal horrors. But then he'd start running some oddball stuff, like <laughs> John Ashley Blood Island movies, like <laughs> Mad Doctor of Blood Island, yeah. Yeah. You, you know? And I remember, I'm watching with a friend of mine one night, we realized that, well, at the time, we didn't realize what was going on other than, wait a minute, we shouldn't be seeing this because... The censors forgot to cut the nudity out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was on broadcast TV in like the you know mid seventies, and we're like, "Well, whoa, <laughs> you know, we got to tune into this show more often." But I guess that, and probably uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine. Oh, yeah. You know, I've got like a stack. I've still got a stack of those. Actually, the ones that I had when I was actually buying it back then, and because I guess. That kind of told me, all right, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. No. You're, yeah, you know, exactly. I'm sure you guys have had that, you know, especially mm-hmm. doing this show. I'm sure yeah. you get all kinds of feedback. Oh, and there, there are a yeah. lot of people that love Nashie like we do. Oh, it's been yeah. a great re- – I mean, we've been amazed at how many friends we've made in, all over the world that listen to the show. We didn't know if anyone would listen when we first did the first episode of this and just all the – 
the people we met through the show has been fantastic. It, it, I, yeah, that would be the word to describe it too, because like like you said, it's like all over the world. Yeah, people yeah. listening, you know, and it's like again, this is something that you know, you you guys. You're doing a podcast because I've never done one, but as I understand it, a lot of podcasts fail really quickly because it doesn't become fun anymore. I guess it becomes work. Mm. Well, but it, for it, you guys, it's obviously a labor of love. So yeah, I would imagine yeah. that's why you're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the, I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say between that and, and then Rod started up his other podcast, which has been you know going almost as long with The Bloody Pit, uh, which is more of an open-ended all sorts of discussion of all sorts of, of films and genres and, yeah, and you, things you, like you that. never know what we'll end up talking about over yeah. there. Plus I have, you know, since I, since it's much more free range, it's, mm. uh, it, uh, it allows me to, to have people want to talk about just any damn thing under the sun. So that, that, that's great because that means that if someone's really interested in something that has absolutely nothing to do with what I would think about doing a show about, well then, Hey, it ends up being a show because their, their interest in it drives me to, delve into it a little bit stronger. Um, yep. But back to back to videos uh, or video video do, do, videos or video is it videos? Yeah, but it just runs together like videos. videos. That was the intention anyway. Okay, well good because yeah. I, I I I would sometimes pronounce it one way and sometimes pronounce it another because you know, one thing that you failed to give us is a pronunciation. How do you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. You didn't give you know, us any guidance, funny. sir. <laughs> you see that somebody asked the same thing. I did a, a local, I've done a couple of like local, well, it's been a while, but those public access cable TV shows. Oh yeah. And I had a, a guy had me on and we were talking about that. And he's like, how the heck do you pronounce this? Hmm. You know, but, <laughs> it, but, but it was fun because we were more talking about collecting movies. Hmm. You, you know how hard yeah. and how yeah. hard it was back oh, in the yes. day to find yeah. this stuff. No kidding. You know, and he, not being a movie guy, or, a, or but he was a collector, you know, he saw that the collecting was the thing. But he says, all right, so with the movies, it's not because I just had cassette tapes like dubs. And he's like, so it's not the packaging. It's what's on here. And it's like, exactly. Yeah, it's, the, it's the film we're interested in. It's like it's and the that's, film that we're after, you know, well, see that, and I'll that, be running. Yeah, and, and we were running clips, you know. I think we were running Margarita's Virgin of Nuremberg or something like that. And, <laughs> yeah. he, and he's like, hey, this music's kind of jazzy. I like this, you know. It's just, I got I got to use this in my intro. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I had a new fan. Well, the um, uh, just looking, you know, when I look through that Videos magazine, I get instant nostalgia for those ads for Video Search of Miami and, and Midnight Video because, oh, yeah. boy, those were such sources <laughs> of, you know, for finding yeah. things like, oh, I can't believe they had this and, you know, and, and, and ordering those tapes from those companies. Oh, you know, it was um, another one of those companies was um, Midnight Video, which is run by mm-hmm. Bill Knight. So you guys may know him, too. But he lived up very close to where Mike Sekula was. So when I go, used to go up to drive, drive up to Pennsylvania in Bethlehem, we'd go over to Copley and we'd drop in on uh, Bill Knight. Mm-hmm. And one night, Bill would make these trips to Japan. And one night we got there and he said, hey, I got something I need you guys to look at. And he had these big boxes of like Japanese videotapes, mm-hmm. you know, and we're mm-hmm. going through the box and it's like, okay. And, and we're, we're coming across things. And I'm, I'm holding up a tape with Mike. And I'm like, and we're looking at each other like, <laughs> like holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you've suddenly found yeah, it. And he's like, what? It's like, oh, you really got something here. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, look, 
alta tension, you know, it's like we've been looking for this, you know, high voltage, which is like an Italian thriller. It's like, where, how the hell did you find this? It's yeah. like, oh, well, you know, I guess we'll transfer that one first, you know, or <laughs> let's take a look at it. And we look at it right then and there, yeah. you know, and it's like, wow, you know, but he, he was another really great source like Craig and places like Video Search of Miami, which I knew Tom Weiser, he was mm. good friends with Craig Ledbetter. I think, I think Craig might have been a big source for Tom, but Tom started doing the subtitling too. Yeah. Because he, I, I saw, I got Howl of the Devil through Craig, I guess, when they broadcast it on TV, right? That's, and yeah. so it thought in Spanish, then, then Tom Weiser subtitled it, and it really kind of opened up my eyes because it's like, wow, this is great. It makes it a better film. The print wasn't any better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, then, but then, of course, Mondo Macabro does this beautiful, yeah. it was Mondo Macabro. Yeah, right? yeah it was Mondo. It's like they do this, yeah, they did that beautiful transfer. And, and also the, uh, the, the Beast and the Magic Sword, another yeah. one that when I first read about that, it's like, here's another movie I'll never see. Mm-hmm. You know, back back in the 90s, I'm thinking there's no way in hell I'll Oh, yeah, I bought, I bought my first copy of that subtitled from Video Search of Miami. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. It may have been how the devil I may have gotten from video search as well, but I may have gotten it from Craig. But uh, regardless, those once once they went into the business of subtitling films that had never been dubbed into English, that turned mm. everything around. Yes, it did. Because yes, it did. I'll tell you right now, the first I have to admit, the first uh, I, I would call it fan subbing, which, mm-hmm. which is what has been called for a couple of decades now. But the first one that I ever bought. From uh, was was from Video Search of Miami, and it was uh, a Santo movie, and it mm-hmm. was the San- Santo and the Blue Demon versus the Monsters. And so you got a great San- one. I oh, just I know. watched that one recently. <laughs> I freaking love that damn movie, and that was that was the first one I bought that way because it. it you read the description, it's like shit. This has everything. I mean this <laughs> this may this may do everything, but but provide you with sexual release. I mean, who knows? Once I finish the movie, maybe it'll give me that too. I don't know. So it was like the, it was, I had to have it. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget the night I got it in, and uh, I immediately alerted uh, our buddy Jack and that circle of people that mm. we were all part of at the time. I was like, I have a subtitled. Santo and Blue Demon versus the Monsters film. I have it, and it's in my hands, and we must watch it this evening. And it's like, you know, a supply of alcohol was laid in, and by God, we were at it. So, it's crazy how mon- how many of those Santo movies are subtitled now, too. Oh, yes, because yeah. there were there were I think there were three of them that were considered lost for a while. One of them was like Santo and the Hotel of Death, mm-hmm. which you ever seen that? It's not a very good movie, but it is entertaining. I don't, and I don't got, think I've seen it. And that. I got this old, I, I forget what the company was. I, I'm sure they've gone out of business by now, but it was like that one. And I think Santo versus the King of Crime was another one, uh, which I kind of got a kick out of that That's one. That one, yeah. that one I've seen, yeah. Well, yeah, so, that one. Yeah. Was that the one with the midget gangster <laughs> running around? Oh, I now. think it's. See, I remember the title. I watched so many of them. You know how they blur together. Well, we covered one Santo film on Beyond yeah. Nashi um, because it had several. I mean, it had, I think. Um, Elgalane. Yeah, it had several like people from the Nashi verse in it. So we were like, well, let's give us a chance to cover a Santo film. Not realizing, I mean, to this point, it's uh, it's it's still the best Santo film I've seen. It's Santo oh, versus, it's awesome. Santo yeah. versus Dr. Death. Dr. And it Death. really, we were getting ready to kind of. getting prepared to go on the show and sort of give this sort of. You know, like, hey, realize it's not everybody's cup of tea. He's a choir taste, Santo. And then we, you know, then we start watching the film, and 
by the time we came to record it, we were we were like, this is actually a really good movie. This is, this <laughs> this is a solid. Yeah. It's like yeah. you you do have to accept that yes, Santo yes. is essentially a Mexican secret agent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Once you've got that under yeah. your belt, the rest of the movie flows like butter, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's just actually a really good story. <laughs> really, really fun. I mean, yeah. So we're like, yeah. There's nothing to apologize for this one for, man. This is really good. <laughs> you know what? Hang on a second. I it's, I got something I got to show you. It'll take okay. me two seconds. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have to see if I can put this somewhere where you guys can actually see this. <laughs> oh, we can see it. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, wow! Because lift it up. Let me see the bottom. Yeah, yeah, we can see like the top, top half of. Yeah, we can see. Wow, nice. Oh, so I picked this gorgeous. up because oh, this is a Montalban painting. I'm yeah. a big fan of like the Spanish artists like Hanno, mm. but Montalban did this one. I don't know what you probably can't see it, but that's the signature there. Wow. But. He also did this. He also did the artwork for uh, Hunchback of the Morgue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I can. Yeah, that makes sense. It's also for those uh, those listening at home. Bob was showing us a Santo uh, Santo poster. And, or, yeah, and Doctor Death. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, so that's a Death, big. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I guess you call that a one sheet. That's cool. But I like it so much. I had it framed. It it hung in my office for a while at another house. But um, I'm gonna find another. I'm gonna find a place for it. Great piece of artwork, though. It is. Speaking of speaking of Montalban, I think yeah, it was Montalban. Um, Hunchback of the Morgue. Before I forget, I got to tell you guys this story. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned I go visit Mike Secular, right? So Michael, he had hanging in his house, I guess in his reading room. He had not the poster, which I, I have like a poster. It's like I think it was printed on like newsprint or something. He had the original artwork oh. for Hunchback of the Morgue. The original? Oh my god! The original. How did he get it? Anything? Oh How did he get it? He he. Somehow, um, I, it must have been his friend. It must have been again probably that Jose Luis Gonzalez. He sounded like a heck of a guy, but somehow he acquired it, right? Okay. And Michael was over at this guy's house, and he's admiring it. And Jose's like, oh, you like it here? It's yours. And he's like, no, 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 I can't take it. And he's like, no, no, really, it's a gift. I want you to have it. He's like, no, no way I'm going to take this. All right, fine. So he goes out on his balcony, and he's kind of dangling it. <laughs> uh, like the 10th floor going, oh, oh. going to, he's like, okay, stop, stop. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I can tell you I was stunned at the – I mean, this must have been in the 90s when I saw it. So yeah. what, maybe it was already – almost 20 years old, but yeah. the the printing on the newsprint version that I had just the, did not do the colors justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the original painting was spectacular. Spectacular. Wow. So nice. it's, it's the, these artists, I, I, yeah. I, I've, I've kind of had this dream of doing like a coffee table book one day oh, yeah. with all of this artwork in it. So, um, I know Mike's got like all of these press books and things too. So it's like, you know, actually we even talked to Bill Knight about it for a little while. He actually was saying that, you know, Hey, if you guys, you know, write the copy and do the color plates, it's like, I'll be your financial backer. So yeah. maybe oh. someday. Well, you know, for years, uh, Basil Gogos was selling uh, copies of, you know, he did the cover for, he did the painting for a uh, house of psychotic women. Uh, mm-hmm. I got one yeah. for Rod here now because I, I was got a convention that he was at and and saw that poster just framed you know behind his table and kind of all clicked suddenly oh my god you painted that poster for House of Psychotic Women and he had just folded you know copies of of you know and what had happened was the uh, and this almost never happens to these artists you know they they rarely ever get the chance to do this kind of thing but the cup the 
lab or whatever or the company that 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 had printed that those posters for the film they were closing down or something but they found the stack of the posters and they actually contacted basil gogos and said do you want these so he was like oh, oh. yes of course and so he was able to he's you know, to sell those at his tables. And I mean, how, you know, most of these artists never get credit for the yeah. stuff. They never get anything for the stuff, but at least he got the copies of the, the, the actual original posters to sell. And now wow. I have a framed signed copy of it on my wall. Yeah. Yeah. That is a collector's item right Ain't there. It yeah. Was that the poster that they used on the, uh, the super video box? You remember the big clamshell boxes you used Triangle, to get? Yeah. I think it, and I, I, I'm thinking I think that might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might the, have been the it's the it's the, woman, the, it's the woman's face and it half you know half you know demon and half angel kind of. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, that's a great poster. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. have a press book for that, but so you have that in color? No, it's 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 it's, 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 it's kind of red, reddish and blue. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I would yeah. I wouldn't say full color, but it's definitely not black and white. It's, it's oh, that's a cool one. Is that like also? I think it's got like the garden weasel or something. In there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. The exactly. murder weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Yeah. But I was, but you he's know, not, he yeah. signed it. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Oh, if, if, if only I could have gotten Nashie to sign it before he passed as well, it would be like... The, the Did you guys ever get a chance to, to meet him? No. no. Sadly, no. no. They two yeah, times? I got, really, yeah. I got yeah. lucky because oh, he, when, he, when he came to Crystal City, I actually mm-hmm. got to meet him. And, and of course, he had already seen the magazine at that point. Yeah. But he was there with his interpreter, and I got to shake his hand and actually get him to sign one. Wow. You know, and and Mike Hodges, his interpreter, you know, Nashy said something to me, and Mike's like, look, and he says, he says, and he's holding up my magazine in front of Paul Nashy going, he says, this was very good. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, I can die happy now. Yeah. <laughs> the, now, the man. Yeah. Now, the couple of, the couple of, the you know, the handful of, of convention appearances he did here, you know, back in those days before internet you could find out all the information i would usually i would find out about him first of all none of them ever happened anywhere close to here and then i would find out yeah. about him after the fact like a month later like oh paul nashy was at you know this convention and so yeah yeah it breaks my heart i never got yeah you know, we never got to meet him we actually wish that we had we've talked about this before you know we started up the podcast really i guess the winter after he had had passed away but we we, yeah. we think about if we had if the idea had come to us a year or so earlier that we probably could have as nice as he was, we probably could have sent him little questions about the films we were going to discuss, and he probably would have responded. And so we we always heard oh, yeah. that we hate that we missed that opportunity, you know. There, I mean, we've been very lucky in that his his son, oh, yeah, Sergio, his son been, Sergio has been has been more than willing to help us do research for the commentary tracks, and and actually uh, we talked we've oh, talked cool. to him a couple times on the podcast yeah. just because he was in a you know he was in a few of the movies with his dad, and so that yep. that has helped considerably, but. Uh, to be, to be blunt, this podcast probably wouldn't exist if Nash had passed away because it was yeah, true. It was, it was my nuts. it was my heartbreak over the realization that I was never going to get to meet him. That made me. I, I had been kind of thinking about doing a podcast, but it was it was one of those things where it's early. It was early days of podcasting, and I was I was a fan of the medium, but at the same time, it's just like, well, if I if if I were to do a podcast, what would I do one about? And then he passed away, and I mm-hmm. realized yeah. what I wanted was a podcast that talked about his movies. And mm-hmm. so I went hunting for one, and the damn thing didn't exist. And I was just like, ha, 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 well, I will make the damn thing. 
Uh, but I have there to, rope, but I have to rope Troy into it because he's the only, <laughs> he's the only person I know yeah. within within spit distance of me who knows anything about Paul Nash. Yeah, so. yeah. We would we, before we did the podcast, we would we actually would just have Nashy nights where if one of us managed to grab you know something new on videotape, some new bootleg, we'd get together and, yeah. and watch them together. So we were yeah, and even though. We had a, a good sized group of friends who were all into esoteric film and all that, and even Euro, Euro trash films and things. But but it really few none of them, them really few of them, follow, few of them would follow us down the Nashy path. Yeah, exactly. We were that was really we were kind of the, we were kind of the Nashy niche. There's the two of us. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Keeping the dream alive. <laughs> well, well, it seems like Sergio, from what I know of him, seems like he's very vested in keeping his father's yeah. memory alive too. Very so, so. That, that, we all do our part. we all do our bit, right? Yeah, yeah. This this begs another question. So, I'm going to ask you guys a question. I'm going to start with Troy. Uh huh. Well, Troy, what was the first Paul Nashy movie you ever saw? Oh yeah, that's do you, a, that's do you remember a, what it was? That's a yeah, I very much do. Uh, uh, it, right. it was uh, I was coming in on the end of uh, this is you know the the magical UHF stations. You know we had a great uh, for a while our UHF stations Saturdays were terrific because they would show two genre movies, you know horror movies, sci-fi movies during the day, and then they would show two more in the afternoon. And then late night on another channel on on ABC Channel Two, real late night, they would show a couple of, of horror movies back to back. But uh, one time I saw something listed, uh, you know, said Frankenstein's Bloody Terror, and uh, the, the monster came to me. I'm saying like, oh my god, a Frankenstein film I haven't seen, and, and I may have been. Uh, um, and in fact, I've seen the news. I've, I've got to go back to the library and actually dig it up again because I found what I think was the day it was actually coming on before Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, and I'm a huge Godzilla fanatic, so. I think I was probably coming, I must have been coming in from somewhere that morning or else, because I know I didn't see the whole Frankenstein's Bloody Terror. I was getting, I was new Godzilla vs. Small Monster was coming on and I was getting ready for it. And it was probably the last 20 minutes or so of Frankenstein's Bloody Terror. So I'm coming in right when things are really starting to just get crazy. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, wow, not one werewolf, two werewolves, two vampires. Okay, where's the Frankenstein <laughs> monster? Um, I don't know, but hey, I've got two vampires and I've got two werewolves. I'm happy. And so... I, I it, now it was so it that was been my first exposure to Waldemar Daninsky. Of course, it would be a, a succession of years after that I'd, that I'd start to put you know connect the dots. Like, oh, there's this yeah. same guy in these films. I saw Count Dracula's Great Love on on UHF, and I saw um, House of Psychotic Women, and started realizing, oh, me and my older brother were watching these films, and we'd kind of be like, oh, hey, there's that guy again, you know. But it wasn't until I got that great uh, that amazing Phil Hardy. Um, Encyclopedia of Horror, the Penguin. Oh yeah, yep. Encyclopedia of Horror that uh, that had so you know it's where I first found out about the Blind Dead and and Coffin Joe and 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 then found out about all these kind of connected dots and realized who this guy was and how important he, you know so I'm like oh this guy didn't just play the werewolf in these films but he wrote a lot of these films he directed some of them and that kind of started to put me on the hunt for actual Paul Nashie as a as a person so so yeah, but, still, yeah Frankenstein's that, Bloody Terror Hardy book blew my mind too yeah. what's that <laughs> it's like a, like I'm like, wait a minute, Doctor yeah. Jekyll versus the Wolfman. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm that, there. That, that's the that's the one that I, I to the, to this day I love introducing just the title of that to people because they yeah. immediately are like, wow, why did that not happen? Why why did it have to be the '70s for that to, for that combination to even be thought of? It's yeah, like, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Right? <clears throat> it's like Nashy was so far ahead of his time. So, Rod, what was your first one? Oh, well, my first one, uh, I had read about Nashi for a couple of years in various magazines like Psychotronic and things like that before I ever stumbled across uh, one. I, I never saw one on television growing up. I never did. Uh, so my first exposure was uh, 
in a mom-and-pop video store in the early 90s, clamshell case of Night of the Howling Beast. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, that is one hell of a good jumping-off point because by that time, it was like his seventh... It was his seventh werewolf movie, and essentially by then, he was going, okay, what other shit can I throw into this damn story? <laughs> to juice this thing up and yeah. go completely crazy. And so, to, to a large degree, it is still one of my favorite of his movies, not just because of, I saw it first, and therefore it kind of has that nostalgic feel for, it, for, sure. for me, but simply because it is a hell of a ride. Yeah. There's just so much in that damn movie and if you if you were to sit down and diagram it out, there would be a part of you that go, you know, some of this probably ought to go. Some of this probably, <laughs> if you jettison like parts of this, mm -hmm. this is gonna flow better. And fuck that, who cares? We're gonna power through, <laughs> baby. We're gonna make this damn movie. We're gonna we're gonna treat the Yeti like he's a fucking uh, overpaid guest star because we yeah. can only have him for a day. So yeah. he's gonna be the beginning of the movie, and the end of the movie. That's all we can afford. You know, it's like. There we go. Do it, man. I, I I love it. That was my first. It's not. It's it's no longer my favorite, uh, but it is. Uh, it's it's probably still you know easily top ten. And I just I, I absolutely love it. it. To me, it was the perfect introduction. So, the, the, but the one I saw after that is uh, the next the next one I saw. I intentionally sought out was I by that time I knew Troy, mm -hmm. and he had a videotape from Sinister Cinema. It was a double feature, and one of the two films on it was Horror Rises from the Tomb. Yeah. So that was the second Nashie. Yeah. That was the second Nashie film I saw. And after the one-two punch of those two movies, oh, yeah. oh, oh dude, yeah. you, you were never going to pry my legs loose from holding on to that bastard. That was awesome. <laughs> you, you know, that it's funny because with those two, it's like Horror Rises is another one like uh, Night of the Howling Beast. There's 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 enough going on in each of those movies for like, it's, it's like he <laughs> threw together two or three scripts. Yeah. We, yeah. Call, we call it the Nashy stew sometimes, you know, it's like the, 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 the big boiling pot of uh, just, you know, throwing the ingredients and stir that yeah, Nashy yeah. would do just, yeah. And depending on <laughs> Nashy goulash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Depending yeah. on, depending on where your spoon hit inside the bowl, the yeah. flavor might yeah. be a little off. Yeah. But just keep going. It's yeah. solid, man. Yeah. Just keep yeah. going. Maybe one or two of the ingredients could have been left out, but hey, that's maybe, okay. That's maybe. all right. <laughs> probably would have been a smoother ride, and, and you know, maybe the after effects would probably be less less potent. But hey, you know, you need to go ahead. You know, it's funny. You guys also hit on you know first experiences because it's like, was it? Did you see it on TV? Mm -hmm. Did you stumble across it at a video store? I I would go back to. Um, do you guys remember when there used to be a USA Network? Oh yeah, used to have this guy. Commander USA's movie yeah. movie. Yeah. Remember it well. Very much. Okay, so so he ran, I think the title, the retitle was Horror of Horror of the Wolfman. Oh right. Okay. So at which that would be my first one. And it, it actually was Werewolf in the Yeti. Oh, was yeah. it oh, so okay. Horror of the Wolfman, wasn't it? Wow. So so I saw that on TV and, and then it was a long time before I tracked down a tracked down a, a copy that I could watch. Um, you know, and of course there was a lot of stuff that he cut out of there. Yeah. <laughs> they're, not showing on the US, they're not showing the flaying and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they're War. definitely not showing the nude scenes either. So. Yeah. Yep. And the, yeah, I know with like the cannibal werewolf women in the cave and stuff. Yeah. It's like, whoa! What am I miss? I was missing quite a bit here, wasn't I? <laughs> oh yeah, you did. Then, you, 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 uh, were, you were missing the, the uh, you were missing the threesome in the caves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And, and it's like, 
boy, what an awful way to wake up from a threesome, though. It's like, oh, they just ate my died. <laughs> <laughs> they just ate Victor Israel. Shit. <laughs> yeah, Victor Israel. It's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> He's kind of grizzled. <laughs> Victor Israel. Oh, man. We could, somebody could write a book about that guy, oh, too. No oh, and I, wish they, I really Israel. wish they yeah. would. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then the, the second one I stumbled across was on tape. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was, uh-huh. and it was sort of like what Troy was saying. Oh, here's this guy again. Yeah, you know, I think it was probably Paul Nash, or they spelled it yeah. Nashy, like N A S, you know, N A S H Y, you yeah. know, something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, sometimes maybe. you would get the you would get the German, but, but it was like, it was the craving. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the craving, craving. Sure. Yeah. yeah. The craving. Yeah. So, which of course, you know, is Knights of Knights of the Wolfman or Knights of the Were- Knights of the Wolfman, but no, Knights of the, the Werewolf. Knights of the Werewolf. Yeah. But that's also yeah. the first time I, I first time I saw it in that title. I rented it from Blockbuster under that title, The Craving. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that that one kind of threw me a little bit too with the English dubbing because it started out with the scene at the pool. Uh-huh. You got these beautiful <laughs> girls and you got these goofy guys who. <laughs> They're, oh, the, they're calling them all kinds of reprehensible, calling these women all kinds of reprehensible things and using yeah. the C word and everything. And I'm like, wow, that yeah. wouldn't fly today. <laughs> no, no, yeah. yeah I'm, sh- I'm shocked ran, it flew back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we ran that at an event. I convinced Mike Secula to come to Baltimore and we did a Nashy night for a local film society. It was like the Fanex people. They, they asked yeah. us if we, if we would host the show and run some movies. So that was one of them. And we did Werewolf Shadow and Horror Rises from the Tomb. And before and between and then after the movies, we would, you'd see us, we'd, we'd trot out on stage and we'd pull up two chairs and we'd be the talking heads for a while. And we'd, mm-hmm. we'd talk about the, we'd talk about Nashi and the movies for a little bit before we just go into the next, you know, go into the next film. But I remember Michael had to, um, it was an older audience. And I remember we, we, didn't give them a warning about the full-on gore and the nudity. And he had made a comment about, sorry for if anybody's offended by the nudity, but you got to remember. And then you got into the whole history about, you know, General Franco. Yeah. And for the longest time, these people were so repressed, and then the guy died, and then all of a sudden, whoa, you know, we can – we can do this, you know. We can we can do a continental version, you know, and yep. bring on the nudity. It's like – so he – he it might actually – might – Mike brought a lot to the table during those discussions. I'm really glad he came along because um, this was this was long before we had gotten the Nashi interview. Um, so we kind of that was kind of the metamorphosis of our friendship. I, I don't know how I talked them into coming down to Baltimore to do that, but uh, <laughs> but they put us up at a hotel and we had a nice breakfast the next day. But it was kind of a fun event. We probably had. I don't know, maybe sixty or seventy people in the theater, you know, yeah. watching Paul Nashie yeah, movies awesome. projected on a screen. You know, they were it was video, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was kind of a fun night. Yeah, well, we yeah we've got to host a, a, a few Nashie screenings. Uh, Rod, Rod did one as as recently as this last fall back at the uh, oh, yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta. Monster Rama, and, and we used to we had for a while we had a really cool place here in Nashville that uh, had kind of an underground you know cinema. It was a, a boutique. In the you know, and upstairs and downstairs, uh, they would show uh, cult movies the weekends, and so we hosted some mm-hmm. Nashy films of that too. But that is always a great feeling to be able to you know to be able to share that with a, a little audience of people in a real theater setting. And I hate that I never got to go to a Fanex too. They just always sounded great, you know. But uh, those were those were fun. I, you know, it's it's nice to hear though that you know every seems like every city has got kind of like its own subculture, you yeah, know, and you yeah. can find it if, if you can find it. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. And you have these places where they're going to run cult movies. There was a, a Washington Psychotronic Film Society 
for a while. And back in the 90s, I got to know the, uh, the, the president. She used to publish a newsletter, and uh, we corresponded and became friends. And then um, she got the idea to have like a horror host night. So I was like, I was kind of like their pilot program. <laughs> so they said, all right, what do you need me to do? And it's like, bring a movie, introduce it. Um, you know, we're going to run it in a bar, you know, for the club. And I guess probably about 70 or 80 people showed up. And I'm trying to remember the, the first, it was an odd one too. Um, it was Diary of an Erotic Murderess <laughs> was what I ran, <laughs> which was with Marissa Mel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was in English. And, and it, it was funny because they loved it. I mean, at the end, people stood up and were cheering. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. It's like, crowd but, pleaser. All right. Yeah. So it's like I got a nice dinner, you know, and had some drinks. And at the end of the night, you know, one of the organizers came over and handed me this big wad of cash. And I'm like, oh, this, this is like about 75 bucks. What is this? You know, it's, it's your cut of the door. <laughs> you know? I was like, really? So it's like, well, that pays for dinner. But we did it. We did it a couple more times. I ran. Uh, Horror Rises from the Tomb, so yeah. I got an Ashy in there. Yeah. Uh, the night Evelyn came out of the grave, this, oh, this was over the course it. of about three years and four different venues. And, uh, oh, and the Blood Spattered Bride. Oh. Ah, that's, get a, get that's a good one. It's a slow burn, but man, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was funny. There were things I never noticed about that movie before, the, the touches of humor mm-hmm. that Aranda injected in there. Um, that I never noticed really just sitting and watching myself, but with an audience, we just started busting out laughing because he was very clever with the, uh, with the editing. There was a scene where you had the, uh, uh, the wedding night, right? And there's Maribel Martine and, you know, her husband can't wait to get the wedding gown off of her. And he's, and he's, he's pulling her gauzy, he's basically pulling her gauzy panties off and they're getting ready to do the deed. And then. Aranda cuts away to the gardener with a big pair of shears, shears yeah. and he's cutting a bush. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and the audience yeah. erupted laughing. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, and it, it, it is one of those moments where yeah. it, you'd have to be you'd have to be really stupid to not understand that that is intentional. He is making this joke in your oh, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just." You, but it just goes to show you sometimes you got to see it with an audience because yeah. I didn't particularly get a laugh out of it, but I couldn't help but laugh with everybody else in the theater because yeah. the place just erupted. <laughs> so I think somebody even yelled out, it's like, he's trimming a bush. Yeah. <laughs> Freeze. Well, I mean, well, this, this takes me back to the, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leap ahead and, and let people know that uh, the way, the way you and I got to know each other, Bob was through the, uh, not just because of the magazine, which of course all I could do was buy issues of, but because of the mad dash to uh, form a group of lunatics interested in your occult cinema on the uh, old Yahoo groups forum. Oh yeah, now the European trash paradise. Exactly, <laughs> the Euro the Euro trash paradise. That was it. We we had we God we had ongoing everlasting discussions about these mad films, Nashy, Nashy, as well as just everything else under the damn sun. Right. And it became this bizarre, this bizarre thing where, um, you, you learn about things, you get tips and hints and ideas about where to find certain things or just flat out. Somebody just go, well, give me your address. And I'll send you the damn thing. And so yep. it became, it became, and it also became this, uh, this thing where you and these, the other lunatics in that group, most of which I'm still in contact with, God save me. Um, 
some of them still cause me trouble to this day. <laughs> so, <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's like Neil Volks, yeah, still causes me, you know, still call, causes me trouble. Brian Sin, yeah, you yeah. Know, Mark Clark, all of the, you know, all of the above. But <laughs> the joy of it was that, well, there were many joys, mm. but the biggest joy really was just this sense of camaraderie about the this group of lunatics who. Because of the internet, uh, we, we, we found ourselves ca uh, capable of having these long, ongoing discussions that can go on for days and days and days about these movies. Mm -hmm. And if you had not watched the movie or rewatched the movie when the conversation started, well, then it means you had time to just go ahead and go watch the damn thing and then jump in with whatever bizarre comment you wanted to throw into the conversation. Mm -hmm. So that was a real joy. And it really kind oh, yeah. of influenced a lot because, I mean... To this day, one of the things that made me confident that a podcast was possible for, you know, two lunatic bastards, you know, living in Nashville about a subject that was, you know, a full ocean away from us was a lot of those conversations that were being had in that forum because it was always super friendly. There was never a sense of somebody trying to insult or one up or anything like that. It was yeah. a very, a very open and open-ended kind of conversation that was ongoing on many, many subjects and many, many films. And to whatever degree you were involved in fostering the the incredible feeling of a willingness to be open and a willingness to just have a good laugh and talk about these things, that conversation is kind of how I see these podcasts as a, I see it as just like the next step, another version of it to a degree. Yeah. And so that influence is there. Another influence is just, as I may have mentioned before, the, the group of uh, lunatics that Troy and I hung out with mm -hmm. <laughs> probably to our detriment, at least our liver's detriment uh, <laughs> for, for years, 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 all the way through the nineties, up through the, the early two thousands where, we would get together on a really regular basis, not just to watch your trash stuff, to watch all kinds of movies, yeah. just like everything under the sun. But oh, the, yeah. But that that feeling of having a group of friends who got together to watch movies and then talk about them. Yeah. And, oh, maybe, yeah. and maybe talk about them too much while the movie was going on. And then <laughs> it could take three hours to watch a 90-minute movie because you're pausing to like talk about things while the fucking movie's going on. Yep. By the way, always, always a mistake. Yeah. Always a mistake because then it becomes Doctor Zhivago and and, <laughs> and not Mad Max. So the <laughs> the joy of these things is talking about them after the fact, having these yep. discussions, having somebody else's point of view brought to you and show you things mm -hmm. that you've never considered. That's the joy of almost all film podcasts that are doing their jobs. And if we can continue to do that kind of thing, I'm very happy about it. But once again, you're part of the genesis of that. Not yeah. just the magazine, but also that freaking Yahoo group. Really? Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean there's, there's, still a, there's still a version of it that we've got kicking around on Facebook. Um, oh yeah, as long as Zuckerberg allows it to allows it to, to happen without <laughs> us somebody you know somebody forking out money, money having to pay for it. I know. Yeah, don't get me started on what what they force what they're trying to force bands to do. It's become almost useless for bands to use now for use for advertising oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. shows because, because they, they, they bury it. like we're not going to show your ad to anybody unless you pay us. You know, yeah, yeah they rent. bury they bury it completely. But uh, I was going to say mentioning names. Uh, uh, here's the name I wanted to bring up because I, I I never noticed this before, but in looking back over the magazine again. Forever the show. In your acknowledgments, there's a one of the names is Adrian Smith. Now is that the Adrian Smith, or is that a different? No, 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 Adrian that's Smith? a different. That's Adrian a different Smith. Adrian Smith. Okay, because Rod does a podcast now with uh, 
and we we've got a guy Adrian Smith from England that that, that we talked to a lot about Nashy stuff. But I didn't know if that's if that was the same guy. It wouldn't have surprised me because oh, no, we all go is, so back there. It's a different Adrian Smith. And, okay. Uh, yeah. What's funny is uh, Adrian Smith the the uh, I mean he's got a, a freaking doctorate in film studies and, right and. Um, uh, he, he's, he's a great guy and he and I do we now do a show called Wild Wild Podcast which uh, he, do, he cool. it's his show and it's the first season we focused on uh, Italian science fiction films and then we did a mini uh, a mini season focused on the uh, the the ripoffs of the Cameron films that were done in the 70s all the sex comedies and stuff like that yep and now we're working our way through uh, some of the uh some of the uh, police and crime films that the Italians made in the seventies as well. Cool. So um, the, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. a joy. Yeah. We have a good time, but what's funny is that it was just, it's funny that you bring, <coughs> it's funny that you bring up Adrian's uh, Adrian mm-hmm. Smith because Adrian Smith, the guy I do the podcast with, he just told, he just told me this last time we recorded and it may be in the new episode. I can't remember where he talks about how he uh, was he was working on his doctorate and he started uh, he got contacted by Arrow and was and was writing uh, writing uh, liner notes and doing some stuff mm-hmm. for them various Blu-ray Blu-ray <laughs> Blu-ray releases and things like that and then he realized that they thought he was the other Adrian Smith <laughs> <laughs> okay and and suddenly those jobs with that company just dried right up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was a few years ago, and he was just like, oh, they thought I was that Adrian Smith. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, and that was so long ago, too, because, geez, that Nashi issue was mid-'90s. Yeah. So yeah. where are we now? 2022 yeah. blows my mind to say that. You know, yeah, and yeah. here we are. You know, it's like we're still here. Yeah, <laughs> we're still Somehow, talking about yeah. this stuff. Somehow, yeah. miraculously. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't. I to be honest, I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny when you mention the um, the Yahoo group, right? And you mentioned Neil Vokes, and yeah, so yeah. I would say that the Yahoo group is Neil Vokes's fault. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> I would blame the public. The mag. The publishing is Craig Labrador's fault, but the Yahoo group is Neil Vokes's fault because. Like with Craig, you know, friends, longtime friends with Neil, and Neil and I were talking, and uh, it was kind of as a joke. He convinced me to just say, "Why don't you just start a group?" You know, because I'm like, "Wouldn't it be great if we had a bunch of people who could talk about this stuff?" And so, well, why don't you start a group on Yahoo? So I kind of did it as a joke <laughs> on my lunch break, and and I think I threw a. I, built a page and threw a picture up there and said a few mm-hmm. things and then walked away. And then Neil called me and says, you need to get back on there. There are people on there chatting. And if you don't <laughs> get back in there, they're going to go away. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. he was kind of pushing me yeah. like Craig was pushing me. Neil nudged me in the right direction. <laughs> so, um, Oh, well, that, well, I, I got to tell you, by the way, Craig, I shouldn't, I shouldn't let this pass. Uh, it, it, Craig is, I have to credit Craig, Craig Ledbetter, um, mm-hmm. for for a lot of things. Not just taking a shit ton of my money for for, for his videotapes. Let me tell you, <laughs> believe me, I was more than willing to part with that cash. But oh yeah, uh, Craig Ledbetter was the the person who first published my writing. Oh yeah, you yeah. Write, did you write an interview or an article? No, no, no. I, I wrote I wrote a piece for that he published in um, in your in uh, European Trash Cinema. It was it, it was right. At, I had seen uh, Del Morte Del Amore, and, or Cemetery Man, whatever title. Oh, I okay. It. 
and I'm sure I, I probably read it. <laughs> and I, well, I, and I lost my mind. I was like, "Oh my god!" Because the symbolism it was symbolism in it was just obvious. And yet, yeah, isn't when that I, a great movie? That well, is awesome. it's, it's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's brilliantly done. It's it's everything yeah. you want in a movie. <laughs> and so I I wrote up this I wrote up this lengthy piece about the the symbolism of the the, the three female characters played by Anna Falci. And uh, I contacted Craig and I said, "Listen, this this might be something you might be willing to per- to to publish if you're if you're willing to." And so he said, "Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I printed it off and sent it to me." And I printed it off and sent it to him. And uh, I was I was thrilled. I, mm. I I was stunned. But it was of course it was a lot of years before I got printed again. But nevertheless, <laughs> Craig Ledbetter <laughs> Craig Ledbetter published me for the first time. That's cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I was. I didn't know that. That's I, cool. I, I, all, all credit to him for foisting my uh, mm. my uh, my huge ego onto the rest of the world. <laughs> it's his fault. Delamore, that one. You know, you guys are talking about you get together with a bunch of friends and watch a movie, right? And yeah. Then, for me, so a lot of times it degenerates into a session of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, same here. Of course. Of course. So it's like, we're watching that, mm. and everybody fixated on, who, what was the character, the big guy, Na- Nagi? Nagi. Was that his name? And he's, eat, and he's eating spaghetti and watching War Blob. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like I want to watch War Blob. War Blob. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I know what it is. If there's a show called War Blob, I want to watch that. <laughs> Put it on my screen. War Blob is just awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, that was just a running joke, you know, that we just couldn't get out of our heads for like 10 years. <laughs> so, so the same but, Kirby, you know, Kirby monsters on the Prowl character. Yeah, really. <laughs> with, the, with the Yahoo group, one of the early events that came about was something that was inspired by what Craig Ledbetter did with his magazine, European Trash Cinema. He, he did a forum where he had everybody review the same movie. Yeah. And it was Death Laid an Egg. And I thought, why don't we do that in the group where we all watch the same mm-hmm. movie? Yeah, and then we pick a day where we come in and talk about it. And, and of course, I said, hey, tribute to Craig. Let's do Death Laid an Egg. It was the first one. And Brian Sen was the one who came up with the title. He said, so let me see if I got this right. This is like kind of a twisted video book club. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I'm like, that's it. That's it. TVBC, the twisted video book club. And we did it for years. Yeah. <laughs> by, the, by the time I got in there, uh, it was uh, uh, I Hate My Body and Nosferatu in Venice. And, oh, God, I don't even remember the others. Oh, my gosh. We did. It got so bad. I, it got to the point where I would I would get Craig to just send top Craig Ledbetter. I, I would have him mail copies to people. Yeah, I'd get yeah. like you know I get like the first ten or twenty or ten or twelve takers. And we did one year. I think we did. Um, uh, oh man, it was like the Stelvio Massey crime film, Blood, Sweat, and Fear. Mm. You know the one with <laughs> Franklin Gaspari. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and he's like this sawed-off, dirty, hairy guy. You know, it's like it's a cross between Dirty Harry and Cervico. <laughs> I remember. I remember a long, long, ongoing discussion about the film Redneck. For, for, for that went on. Redneck. For, that went on forever. Uh, Troy, have you seen Redneck? Uh, t- you being the big Telly Savalas fan, that's, that's a movie you need to see. I do. I love Telly Savalas, but I don't believe I've seen that one. He needs to see Redneck. Yeah, you yeah. need to see Redneck. Cool, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. But that was a discussion. Oh, once, once you go down that crime film rabbit oh, hole, man. it's like it's just bottomless. <laughs> There's so much stuff there. It's amazing. I'm, I'm always stunned, but. When when some of this stuff sh- does show up on Blu-ray, it, it, I I I suddenly just kind of recoil and go, "Oh my God!" Yeah. I, I 
do people know what they're doing? And then, <laughs> do people realize what this is? <laughs> this is the stuff we used to have to hide under the, you know, have to you know, like shove under the couch. No, no, no. We, I don't know what you're talking about, dear. And here it is in sparkling well, high def. You, I know, isn't it crazy? And it's at, at the height of the uh, well, the, the first COVID lockdown, like yeah. was it, it's summer 2020. It's yeah. like, well, I'm stuck at home, so I, I got Amazon Prime, right? Mm-hmm. Or my, my wife's got Prime, and I'm finding, huh? Yeah. Okay. Every obscure spaghetti western imaginable yes. resides here. Yeah. So I'm watching some too. of those, and then I found okay, every obscure Italian crime film that I've never seen resides here. So I spent that whole summer it's like, well, I don't care. I'm stuck, but I'm yeah. in a lockdown. But I just watched everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. You know, I'm watching, oh, here's Stateside Hotel with Eli Wallach and Fabio yeah. Testi. Let's see what this one is, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then you start getting into, I'm a big soundtrack freak too, so you start getting into the music and it's like, oh, yes. okay, this is the, this is that movie where I've heard this, you know. Well, that, that's, or, a, that's a rabbit hole. Once you go down the soundtrack thing, man, you can, you can just, you can just lose yourself. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, or there was the one, what was the one, Blazing Magnums, which I think is a, yes. a it has an, it has another title, but Blazing Magnus. Well, that's title what I know it under, yeah. And it's got Stuart, the one with Stuart Whitman, and he's and he's fighting, he's having this vicious battle with all these transsexual, <laughs> uh, or all these cross dressers, and it's a brutal fight scene, and I'm like, my jaw is just like, <laughs> it's like holy crap, <laughs> you know, this movie's got vicious, you know, vicious fights and gun battles and crazy car chases and. You know, yeah, it's I'll like, never forget watching. Uh, and this was after it came out. Just after it came out on DVD, is the first time I ever saw a Thirty Eight Special Squad. And oh yeah, okay, and that movie oh is that has, the uh, Mas, Masmo del Mano? Yeah, it was his last film before he died. That's in that a car great movie. But it has that. First of all, it has that car chase sequence. Well, it's not even a car chase. It's just a car that has to get really quickly from one spot to another. And there's a part of the this freaking insane driving sequence where the car actually drives up a little hill onto a flatbed train uh, train car yes. that's, that's in motion yeah. <laughs> and then drives across that and off the other side and keeps going. And it's all in one shot. And you're just like, holy Christ, the stuntmen were insane. They, yeah, Italian stuntmen were just <laughs> nuts, man. I mean, it's just <laughs> oh, well, and the stunts or the stuntmen were non-existent sometimes. John Saxon told a story about... Um, I kiss the hand. Okay, if you've seen that one, you know one of those Italian mafia movies, and they they're they're shooting they're they're doing some of the scenes, and it's like okay, there's no special effects. Our 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 guy, our specialist is going to be shooting a real gun at you. <laughs> and Saxon's like, wait, what? 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 Chill, what? <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, you'll be okay. You just hide down behind the car, and the bullet you know, goes ding, you know, and then like puts a big hole in the car, and he's like, holy crap! Man, what am I doing here? <laughs> They're really shooting at me. That's great. How much you am know? I being paid for this again? It's- yeah, I, yeah, but it's like, yeah, I kissed, I kissed the hand. That's a weird one. Yeah, I need to check that one. Out. Oh, look for that one. Yeah, I kissed the hand because it's uh, Craig. Craig Ledbetter turned me on to that one too. But he said, yeah, that's one of those movies that you never see Americans making, and it's fun because John Saxon is like dropping the f bomb like every <laughs> other every other scene, just nonstop. <laughs> you know, f and f and that. He's yeah, he's got this 
sleazy mustache. You know? <laughs> he he must just must have had a blast chewing up the scenery like that. Oh, well, well, listen, before we get too far away from the Nashy thing, I know you. Yeah, we got right. to the top ten. And I was about to say you yet. went out of your way to create a. Uh, uh, your, uh, your, are you calling this a top ten of your? Are these your favorite Nashy films? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm glad you distinguished that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yes, these are favorites. So for personal reasons. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Good. Good, Your good. mileage may vary. Well, now right? let, let's so, uh, let, let, let's let's number one: Shadows of Blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! God save us from Shadows of Blood. You, you know, Shadows of Blood. Nashy almost killed himself in that one. There's a scene where he slipped. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he almost falls down a stair. I think he fell partly down. I think he fell partly down. Yeah. Something. Poor guy. Well, well you want to do it like a countdown? We'll go back. Yeah, yeah, let's I would, go I would, let's, let's start with ten and move <laughs> move upward to, to build okay. anticipation. So we'll like, what what yeah. could possibly be number one? So yes, I know, right? Well, we're gonna we're gonna keep you in suspense. All right, so number ten, Devil's Possessed. Ooh, yeah, bold like choice. Right, so yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe an unusual choice, yeah. but I don't know why I like this movie. <laughs> yeah, why do I watch it as often as I do? Mm. I don't know. You know, it's sort of like, all right, it's 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 Nashy kind of doing Robin Hood, but yeah. he decides, hey, I want to play <laughs> Sheriff of Nottingham, yeah. and I yeah. want to be a bad guy. But it's like also, okay, rob from the rich, you know, mm. steal, you know, give to the poor, but then you've also got the human sacrifices in there too. <laughs> it's the like, philosopher's stone thing. They're trying to like, you know, tell him. Well, to go here's, here's the thing. Uh, when we covered that movie, we covered it under the title, the Marshal of hell, which yeah. I still think is mm -hmm. a better title. I agree. I, th I think if, if, if it, if it if, I understand, okay, it got released as devil's possessed here in the States, but Marshal mm -hmm. of hell is a much better title. Well, and I think he's actually called the Marshal of Hell yeah, at yeah. some point in the narrative. Yeah. Now, you know what I'm wondering? I think that was like an Argentinian co-production, sort of like you guys mentioned uh, Santa versus Dr. Death, which was mm. like a Spanish-Mexican co-production, yeah. right. which I think was the only one right. that had Spanish money in it. But this one here, Argentinian money, and it's like, I don't know why, but... I used to always have this fantasy about, okay, is there an Argentinian prince somewhere? Because, you know, a Nashi movie without the sex and nudity is like pancakes without the syrup, okay? <laughs> so, like, it's like, you know, have you guys ever seen like a nude version of Marshall uh, of Hell? Because I have not, and I've never I even seen a, a, no. press, a press book or, or any stills to support that. I, I'll be honest, I would have to, it's been so long since I've watched the movie, I don't even remember the scenes that would have been shot double, you know, where they would they would shoot it clothed and unclothed. Probably some of the sacrifice scenes, maybe, or but something. I, I but I mean, the thing is, when you start thinking about the, the, the Nashi movies, where we don't have the, the nude version, the one that always rankles me, the one that makes me get so pissed off, is the Mummy's Revenge because yes. nobody nobody yeah. has the nude scene versions ever. Yeah. It yeah. Is, and it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, damn it, I keep expecting it to eventually turn up, but nothing yet. So I don't know. Well, I, I don't know that, about Devil's Possessed. And, and I think there is evidence to support that there is a nude version of that one. So. Oh, there, there definitely ha there has to have been. Yeah, so, because that yeah, is, so, the, we have those so, stills, yeah. But it's like, yeah, but it's like you're going to show the scene where, you know, Nashi's choosing his bride and he's like smashing, you know, smashing like yeah. bride, crushing yeah. the faces. <laughs> yeah. You know? it's like, so it's like, okay, you know, gore and smashed faces are okay, yeah. but it's like, okay, but no nudity. Yeah, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that showing up on, on UHF channel the first time I saw that. I saw, oh, yeah. I, saw, I saw like, oh, a mummy movie I haven't seen and it's, you know, Paul Nashi and... <laughs> 
and you know, it made my little brother watch it, which is like those head smashing scenes were like, whoa, you know? <laughs> unworthy. It's like, it's like, this is not, not your Karloff or Christopher Lee mummy or this. Yeah. Is but I, 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 yeah, I just, I love that movie. There's so much, you know, it's, it's another one of those movies where you can tell Nashy wrote it because it is just jam packed with stuff and it, and, but it flows yep. brilliantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. when you, when you watch it, you really, the, when, when we covered it initially, we were just like, Okay, so we have uh, a, essentially a Victorian version of of the Thin Man couple. Mm, yeah, we essentially yeah. investigating investigating <laughs> yeah. mummy murders. Yeah. <laughs> in London, uh, you know, it's just and it and it just piles on from there, and it's beautifully shot, yeah. and it's just a I mean, it's just it's just it's a great film. But it's like the one thing missing yep. is like where are the nude scenes. Mm, it's clear right. that there were the, that these scenes are supposed to be in the nude. Well, and it's like you got Helga Linnea there. She yes. never seemed to have any problem no. with taking her no. clothes off. No. Never did. So, not, you know, not even. Not, not at all. But, you know, like in Devil's Possessed, right? Rod, I think you and I were talking about this. Interestingly, Devil's Possessed is one of those few movies that's got that Sandra Mozarowski that was yes. in there. Yes. Yeah. So the one where, you know, you got all the controversy about she was one of the ones that died early because she fell off a balcony and you got right. all the conspiracy theories she about she had a, you know, a, a was it an accident? Was it a murder? Yeah. Yeah. She had a she had a bit role, a very small role in the Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll to or yeah. uh, the House of Psychotic Women. Did. Yeah. Yeah, was that in the uh it was in the bar, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So was she the one doing the push ups on the bar? Uh well lean, yeah, leaning over the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. She's bending over the bar and she's got like the cut off blue jeans that yeah, that leave very little to the imagination. And you got poor Louis C.J. standing there, and he's just kind of, oh. And the, the, the Nashi has a sense of humor, too. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. got the camera right on the poor guy, and he's just kind of staring at her like a mental patient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that, that, one, that one jotted us off onto like four other films. So what's your number nine? <laughs> okay, number nine. Um, Vengeance of the Zombies. Oh, yeah. Okay, zombie interesting choice. Yeah, interesting choice. Yeah, the only, it's, the it's, only fault it's I have with that one, movie. Yeah, it's another one. I return to, I find myself returning mm-hmm. to that movie a lot. Um, well, we were talking earlier it, about uh, the, the music in these movies, and I have to admit, this is this this is one of the few Nashy movies where the music really is a hurdle for me. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, a little inappropriate, yes. <laughs> inappropriate, I would say, too. Yeah, it's got all the guy going, da, 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 you know, like yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Sort of like, it's very bizarre, out-of-place music that almost kind of takes me out of the movie. But I've watched it enough times that, I don't know, I just... I just get a kick out of so many little things in there. Like you've got, um, well, of course, Nashie's playing multiple roles. Yeah, yeah. yes, you know, always, always a plus. Yeah, you know. And then you've got you got that bizarre guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Pierre Bassari, who's mm. like the, the the guy. He's got a burned face. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yep. he yeah. was yeah. he was he was over there when when you know during the uh, the big conflagration over in mm. India. I guess he came over with the evil brother. So, they, you know, it's like all the evil ones are all burned up. Yeah. You got, um, oh, and you got Maria Costa. Maria Costa, yeah, we love her. I, yeah, I love her. Yeah, you know, anything too. she's in, I'll, I can always watch Maria Costa. Well, the fact she's, she's kind of the voodoo queen, you know, just like, what a great concept. I'd watch a whole series of films of Maria Costa. Oh, yeah, she's just delightful. And she she must have been loving it because she yeah. got to be the bad girl in yeah. this one. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, how does she meet, you know, the, the, in, the usual ineffectual hero yeah. <laughs> you know right. he, he, he she's riding a bicycle and he hits her <laughs> with his car <laughs> you know it's like oh oh are you okay oh, okay well let's take you to the village let's find a doctor 
They get her bike, put it in the car. Next thing you know, they're having a love scene. You know, he's got her in a clutch. <laughs> that's a that's a lucky or fat lucky man or a fast worker. What are the other? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. But you know, it's just it's so weird. It's like you get things. I, I mean, I'm just having. I can think of all the little things in the movie, like. You know, where the guy gets killed with like a beer can, I think. <laughs> the beer oh, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, shoved into his neck. Uh, yeah. Oof. You know, or you got the, I guess you got the scene. Um, oh, I think it was Aurora de Alba comes into this guy's yeah. uh, office and she's like, I came to play. And she throws off this raincoat uh-huh. and she's wearing like, you know, pretty much nothing underneath yeah. except like a, a thong or something like that. <laughs> and, and, and that. That is essentially a scene that just screams, we're watching a you're a trash film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so the guy's pointing her on the sofa and now she comes in wearing another one of those weird masks. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I, you yeah. know, obviously because you didn't want to see the burned face until the end. And he comes in and he's got like a wire that he puts around her neck. They, they don't even notice he's there. <laughs> and you see him off camera going like this one. <laughs> like, oh, he's really choking her. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're, um, so you're two for two now listing films that even I, though I enjoy would not be on my top 10 list. So this is now really intrigued here. So, so, uh, the, what's, well, your, what's your number eight here? We'll continue. We'll see yeah. if we get weirder here. So, okay. Number um, eight. So, and, I, and I didn't do this on purpose. I, I put some thought into this, and I mm. thought, you know, what are the movies that I I go back to? What are, These are movies that I've gone back to recently, mm. some of them very recently. Mm. So let's see. What do I got? Oh, all right. Well, number eight, Count Dracula's Great Love. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So the, the Blu-ray is really nice. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. For, for Count Dracula's Great Love. And, of course, it's uncut. So, mm. you know, mm. you've got all the the... the you know, they, they just let the, 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 the sex and eroticism just rip in that movie. And, yeah. and so we're seeing everything in there that we were missing from, like, TV prints. I think, wasn't Count Dracula's Great Love, like, part of that Avco Embassy TV package? I believe so, because I, I saw it on TV, so I think it probably Yeah, was. or it might have been. Or I think Mummy's Revenge was, too. But Count Dracula's Great Love's a lot of fun, too, because it's like, first off, come on. It's like... Now she's Dracula. You know, that was one of the first of those discussions on the Yahoo group back in the day. It made me realize that this was the group of, of lunatics that I, I wanted to be discussing movies like this with because I don't remember who it was. It was probably Brian sent God save us all from, from that guy's damn sense of humor, but he called him count Junkula. <laughs> I know it's like you got a stocky weightlifter, and here he is. It's like Doctor Wendell. He's also Doctor Wendell yeah. Junkula. <laughs> and, well, I, and, and the thing is, it was such a weird story too. Oh, and yeah, it's like the, and the yeah. and the dubbing on his voice. You know, it's like the big echo. And I have to revive my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we that that is a subplot that begins nowhere, goes nowhere, and is incomprehensible in the way the film got finished. It's like, what in the hell is happening there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, any movie that starts off where they just loop a guy with an axe in his head falling <laughs> yeah, down the staircase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you have the ethereal again, ethereal dreamlike out of place music for, for that sequence. Mm, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, but then you've got all these beautiful women oh in there. Gosh. You know, Rosani Yanni, uh, you know, Myrta who else Miller. Oh, Marta Miller. Love yeah, her. We love her, course. yeah. Yeah, we saw her. She was in Vengeance of the Zombies painted gold. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, but it's Marta Miller was fun to see. She there was an interview with her on that Blu-ray that I watched, and she was talking about how she's like thought she was going to die during the production because they had all the smoke machines going all the time, and they were all choking. And I guess she had to take a couple of days off from the production because she was so sick from it. Well, I mean, they had people hurt in a car. I mean, that production in oh, that production was was a a, cluster, man. Yeah, Yeah. they had they had to shut down because of a car wreck. There was there was a car accident, and like the the lead the lead female was was injured and had to be in the hospital. That's how Hunchback of the Morgue got made. Yeah. Because they had oh, to take yeah, the, right. they had to take the long break, and so in that break, the director and Nashi and some 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 other members of the cast went off and made Hunchback of the Morgan, and then they came back and finished Count Dracula's Great Love. Well, and that was Aguirre, right? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Javier Aguirre. He was a weird guy too, because the, the story goes he. If I'm remembering correctly, he would do these more commercial movies, these horror movies to fund his pet projects. But he would do he was into like experimental cinema. Yeah. But he would do weird things like he'd get into a movie theater and he'd just loop a piece of clear celluloid through a projector, right? And he'd just project like white light on a screen for like twenty-four hours and he would let just let the celluloid drag on the dirty theater floor <laughs> and it start picking up more and more grit and dirt until finally it got so dirty that the screen would just start filling up with grime and dirt. Oh my God. It's not like Warhol Until the projector would just shut down. Good <laughs> yeah. Lord. But it's like, what's the point? You know, I'm sure he was probably like, well, it's art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have to explain to you yeah. what it is. It, what is it? And then, and then of course, the, the the perfect the perfect artiste turnaround is to go. Well, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? It means that you're wasting time and effort. But okay, <laughs> he's, he's falling down the stairs repeatedly with an axe in his head. What does it mean to you? <laughs> it means that you didn't have enough footage for the credit sequence. <laughs> That's exactly Maybe, what it means. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, somebody forgot something in the production schedule. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've discussed uh, Count Dracula's Great Love, you know, the, the incomprehensible points of the plot many times, but I, it would not, if I ever made a top 10 favorite, I mean, it could, it could easily end up on my oh, top yeah. 10 for Just sheer the, visuals because yeah. it is one of the most vi- beautiful movies visually. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think of all of, of his whole filmography. It's the one use of, of co- the use of yeah. color throughout it. The way, the way they color code the, the costuming for the women after they've been turned into vampires is beautiful. Yeah. Well, and it reminds me of uh, Werewolf Shadow also, which Klamovsky did, where, you know, you have the just those slow-mo sequences. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, with the women, and it's just like... I'd be frightened to death if they were coming at me like yeah. that. But, but it was so beautifully the photographed this, that you were just You'd, fun, you'd be frightened to death, but you'd be uh, aroused as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and Count Dracula's Great Love definitely had some arousing sequences, yeah. too. Very I, I mean, that scene sure. with the women and uh, Rosani Yanni there, it's like, yeah. I'd never seen that sequence in all its glory before. Yeah. So the Blu-ray was kind of a revelation. Because I've watched a lot of prints of that, and it's like, wait a minute. I've never seen this before. Hang on a second. <laughs> okay. Let's see some more of this. So uh, it's like, you know. What's your great uh, what, movie though? What's your number? Yeah, seven. You want to, so all right, seven. number seven, Curse of the Devil. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So Nashi Werewolf movie. I would say probably the most coherent of the Danitsky movies. Hmm. Um. I find another one that I find myself going back to it a lot. 
You know, it's it's kind of fascinating fascinating to watch. Um, you know, it's got some fun, bizarre ideas in there too. You know, you got the scene where you got the you got the devil worshippers, and you got the yeah. the woman looks like she's having sex with a shadow, which is a guy just wearing like a black bodysuit or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know the scene I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's yeah. like there there she is in all her glory, you know, right up in the camera. But um, you know, curse curse of the devil, curse of the devil is a lot of fun because you know you've got you got it's another one of those movies where you've got all these other things going on in there at the same time. You got the uh, the guy the lunatic running around with the axe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah. You know, so you got that you got that little sidebar which it's kind of similar. It's like I I guess sort of like a red herring like they had yeah. in the. Uh, um, House of Psychotic. Exactly. Women, the, you know, yeah. They, you had the former disgruntled employee running around until they found him dead in a cornfield. It's like, well, <laughs> nope. I guess it's not him doing all the killing. You know, but it's like everybody, nobody's thinking, hmm, maybe it's a werewolf. You know, <laughs> but Curse of the Devil also had um, Nashi was doing a lot of really acrobatic leaping and mm. jumping. I, yeah. I mean, he, he he was. I mean, he was an athlete anyway. But you know, and just. Just putting on the makeup, you know, it's just when I watch him, it's it's like just the the the, the effort and probably the pain that he's got to go through to, to put on that stuff as much as he does, and, and what it's probably got to do to his skin, you know, when he's trying to get all that makeup off to him. Um, let's see. Also, you had uh, well, there's a weird uh, interesting. There's a weird First young the sister. Devil, you had that Maritza Oliveris yeah. was in there, which yeah. I've seen her in a lot. Of, I think she's a Mexican actress. Um, you know the the young blonde daughter of all the daughters. Yeah. And the other one, what was it? That Fabiola Falcon or Faye Falcon? I I I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else. It may have been the only example of her work I've ever seen. Mm. Um, and uh, who was the father? Um, Eduardo Calvo. Oh, we love him. Yeah, yeah. Calvo. Yeah, Calvo's great. Yeah, we see Eduardo Calvo's everywhere. <laughs> that guy, that dude's yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's uh, yeah. Blue, blue Eyes of the Broken Doll. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. And Vengeance of the Mummy. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. But that's a that's a film. Curse the yeah. Curse Curse of the Devil is definitely uh, that's a film that needs a Blu-ray for sure. That that's one. Oh that yeah. Well, and it's and it starts off great because you start off you know yeah. you're starting out with the, the medieval knights and the the jousting and then they're hanging the witches off the bridge and it's yeah. like pretty good pretty good start to that one mm-hmm. it is it is that's one yeah i definitely enjoy that one a lot well, well speaking of werewolves let's mm-hmm. go to where are we at number six werewolf shadow or oh yeah werewolf versus the vampire woman great movie yeah, great one great one can't say enough good things about that one and that's certainly an example that i've held up at, at Parties with groups of friends in bars, you yeah, know, in yeah. theater, you know, in a theater, you know, full of people, you know, trying to talk to them about it. Um, I got a thing for Patty Shepard too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So you're not, you're not, you're not alone. Kind of. Yes. If you don't, but I remember don't don't showing that showing that to a group, big group of friends at a Halloween party, and one of my one of my old friends said to me, he's like, Bob, who is that you know, and he met Pat. And I was like, "That's Patty Shepard," you yeah. know, because she she was a hell of a presence. Yeah, she really was. Really and, as a matter of fact, I just watched a couple of her movies. Um, I finished that. Well, I mentioned that Diabolical Shudder, which is kind of a weird one. It's like it's got uh, that Vidal Molina, which I think he was in Curse of the Devil, but it's like um, it's sort of like a uh, uh, 
a got modern day gothic, but you've got Satan worshippers with submachine guns, and <laughs> it's a bizarre movie. And then before that, an even stranger one with Patty Shepard was. Uh, you guys are probably. I bet you guys maybe have done a, a podcast or maybe a Beyond Nashy about this one. Um, Refuge of Fear. Yes, yes. Actually, just did it. Uh, that was one of the more recent ones we've done. Yeah, actually, just her performance. Up, yeah, her performance in that movie mm. is incredibly good. Wasn't she great? She was yeah. amazing yeah. in that movie. I love when she shows up to dinner and said, is this, because she's running around, everybody was bitching about how little she was wearing around the bomb shelter. <laughs> yes. you know? It's like, I wouldn't complain, but nope. it's like, okay, that's just me. So she shows up to dinner in a hazmat suit. <laughs> yeah, we love like, that, so yeah. <laughs> she's like, is this more appropriate? <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, but Refuge of Fear, that was yeah, that was kind of a strange one. I, I was watching that and thinking, who was the audience they were aiming for? You know, because there well, that was, was, that was the those, times, man. That, there were a lot of movies like that. There were TV movies that were like that at the time. That yeah. was, I mean, it was. That's the thing. That's another one of those movies that once we watched it, and that was just a couple of years ago, we honestly thought, at least I thought, my God, this would be. I mean, th- there's an audience out there for this. If you find the right thing to pair it with, I mean, sure. it's it's if you can do like a, a Patty Shepard double feature Blu-ray with that and one of our other you know lesser known Spanish films from the same period, man, that you could really. I mean, I could I could imagine. I don't know that anybody would think it was feasible or financially viable. I can imagine a a, a double feature disc of Patty Shepard movies, those rare things she was making in the seventies, like. Refuge of Fear, uh, Man Called Noon, which we also did a while back. Uh, Man Called Noon, a uh, western that she's in. She's got she's got a small role as a as yeah. a, as a, as a, as a gunfight. Yeah, gun female fighter. gunfight. She, how can it go wrong with that? Yeah, it's just like there, there's well, a and, there's an audience and you can for spot it her right away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's there's an audience there for it. I just don't know. Hmm. Uh, I, like I say, with a lot of things like Refuge of Fear, you wonder is there a good print? Uh, hmm. I mean, are the right. rights available? <laughs> right, yeah, because yeah, the print I watched wasn't very good. Well, and it's all in the way you package it and market it, too. Because, like, you get a movie like Nashi's uh, People Who Own the Dark, right? Yeah. Great and movie. You got Nad- that. And you had Nadiuska in there who did, like, sex films. So, like, somebody got the brilliant idea. I don't I don't mean maybe in Europe they market it as a, uh, you know, more of an erotic film. So <laughs> it's like audiences who went to see that expecting an erotic film <laughs> with Nadiuska were probably disappointed to find the cast battling psychotic blind men for the, <laughs> the bulk of the movie, right? right. It's like, what? <laughs> this is, what is this? Night of Living Dead? What the hell are we watching? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Which also, that one didn't make my list, but that's another entertaining yeah, it's one. It's a good one. That's a great yeah. movie. I and another one that needs a Blu-ray, yeah. So Okay, next one. It does need a Blu-ray. Yes. Yeah, all right, four. so, all right. Now we get into the top. So we did the back five. So now yeah. we're into the front, the top five. We're so, into the serious list now. The serious. All right. So we're into serious territory here. House of Psychotic Women. Yes. There you or go. Blue Eyes with Broken Doll. Yeah. Great so movie. That, that one's definitely a favorite for so many reasons. Um, not just because it's one of Nashi's rare non-monster roles, you know, because not wearing any makeup, but... Um, I just like everything about it. I mean, it's it's mostly it's location shooting. A yeah, lot of it's yeah. shot outdoors in natural light. Um, I love the musical. I love the soundtrack. The music's just mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. The editing is terrific. Um, I love the, the story. has got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it it was a lot of fun because you know, leading to the end. I mean, the first time I saw it, I I I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, yeah, you know? yeah. 
So and and then you get oddball stuff in there too because if you see the uh, you know you see the full uncut version and you'll get things that are very Spanish like the whole ritual of slaughtering the pig. Right. Because for the longest time you just saw here's this girl and she's walking with this big bowl of you know steaming blood you know and you're like well what's that all about you know and yeah, then the yeah. killer comes along and cuts her eyes out but but now you know what that's about and Nashi actually talked about that when he was talking about the film in the interview that we published um which i get that's that's it's just there are just certain things that are very spanish i guess that mm-hmm. i don't know maybe as americans maybe we don't get it but um you know and, and also i kind of like the um the three women in the house, they were all yeah. so distinctly yeah. different, too. You got Maria Percy, you know, yeah. and, and it's just, um, you know, not just because of their their uh, various physical problems and infirmities, but mm-hmm. just you can actually tell them apart. Yeah. Um, Dan Taylor, who I think you guys know, you guys know Dan Taylor. I know, I know Dan um, Taylor. He was also the Exploitation Retrospect, and, and he the longtime friend, and he mm-hmm. was in the uh, uh, Eurotrash paradise um he pointed out what movie was it dan and i we were watching about the same time we were watching um uh the red queen kill seven times yes it's a great one (laughs) and he's like i can't tell any of the women apart (laughs) they all looked looked about the same and it's like i couldn't fault them there i agree with it i agree yeah and it's like okay but House of Psychotic Women is not like that at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you, no, no. Have no well, I mean, you have no trouble telling any of them apart. No. That that was something that they they learned. Not not all filmmakers seem to have learned this, but one of the the best and easiest ways to differentiate your cast is to a either have them have different hair colors. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or make them of such different types that there is literally no way to get them confused. And so there yep. came a certain point. And this was early on in my film fanaticism when I began to realize where, hey, wait a minute, if I'm having trouble telling a couple of actors apart on screen, is that because they're going to pull some twin bullshit later on? Wait a minute. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's entirely entirely yeah. possible in an Italian thriller, yeah. but yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, in The Red Queen Kills Seven Times, that was not the case. No, <laughs> they no, had, no. I guess they had just too many blondes. I think, <laughs> I think the director or the casting agent uh, had a type. Yeah, the the wig man, right. the wig manufacturer did not have a whole lot of imagination in that when it was like <laughs> I have I have two or three types of wigs and we're going to give them to like twelve different women here. So yeah, well, and maybe some of those women when their careers didn't go anywhere, they said, "Well, I won't sleep with that producer again." <laughs> <laughs> but no, Blue Eyes the Broken Doll. That's a Blue yeah. Eyes the Broken Doll is a solid, solid. It really choice. is just a great film. Oh yeah, well, and it's sort of um, I don't know if it's. I don't know if I would say it's a good jumping off point, but yeah, solid is definitely a good way to describe mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Or if you want to get into a thriller that's a non-Italian thriller, mm-hmm. um, it's probably one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly moves along, um, and it's and it actually is fairly coherent because by the time you get to the end, everything kind of is pulled together. Oh, everything everything lines up perfectly, and that's yeah, one it of really the, does. And, and it has that. It has it doesn't like, cheat. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't cheat. It has two or three. Yep unexpected third act surprises you know yeah yeah Yeah. it's got some great stuff in it it really is good all right number four hunchback of the morgue yes love it can't go wrong with hunchback and i I already told you the story about the montalban art so (laughs) yeah but yeah hunchback um you know and and troy i was telling 
uh, Rod, about how I love the commentary that you guys did. Oh, thank on you. That one. Thank you. So it was one of the rare times where I actually, in the same sitting, same afternoon, I watched the movie without the commentary. And then sometimes I'll listen to a little bit of the commentary yeah. just to get a feel for it. But I listen yeah. to the whole thing. Wow. Well, which I you. rarely ever do. But I love the commentary on that. Well, we appreciate um, Thank you, Bob. Thank you very much. So it, it, it was great. It, I mean, you guys, and, and I, I called Rod to tell him that. Um, you know, I thought you guys had a really good chemistry. Uh, I like the humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think well, yeah. uh, Troy. I think you were the one who said there's the scene where the schoolboys were throwing the rocks at the hunchback, and you're like, "Well, if I had if I had to wear a uniform like that, I'd throw rocks too." <laughs> 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 it's just that me up. But then, but you guys had all this great backstory on uh, Rasani Yanni. You guys had done all this mm. research. I mean, you guys, you, you know. You, you guys did a deep dive on that one. Yeah. I, I was really impressed. Well, thank you. So thank it you. Really, it really enhanced the movie for me. Oh, and you talked about the, the Cthulhu Yeah, angle. the whole Lovecraftian angle. Was, yeah. yeah, at a time when, like we said, at a time when Lovecraft was not, a, and Cthulhu had not yet become a household word like they are yeah. now. That was early 70s when, I mean, people, yeah. you never heard Lovecraft's name anywhere or anything. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like, except for you guys as a card that nobody I don't you know I don't think any in any reviews I've ever read it's like wow it's like like I said you guys did a really deep dive it was yeah. really great awesome really, that's, really great. that's good to hear but on top of on top of such a great macabre movie yeah <laughs> I mean, you know I mean you know what can be said about hunchback that hasn't already been said I mean been said about you know you got the the scene with the the rats oh my god oh my god you know, and, and you got, and, and I, I always wonder about Maria Elena Arpone, you know, it's like all the stuff that she had to go through. <laughs> it just becomes you gradually know, rotting you know. through the- <laughs> Yeah, being the rotting corpse, you know, and it's just like, you do, you and, do and it's just, the, the movie just had sort of an ill kind of rotting, yeah. unpleasant atmosphere, yeah. you know. That whole oh, what, brownish what, tones what, of the Once the they're film. down in the catacombs, yeah. once they're down in the catacombs, Whole that whole area, everything just feels. I mean, the the scenes in the morgue fe- felt that felt that way in one way, but once you're spending the rest of the film in the catacombs, it's just like, wow, this is dank and depressing and dark. And what in the <laughs> yep. hell are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, and they, uh, you know, and then you got this weird this this uh, this muck monster that's like some like the heap or something out of the comic books yeah. or something. Yeah. It's just you know, that's it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Alberto Dalby's and he's got it behind that. That yeah. door, and he opens the little good humor man ice cream window to look in, and the monsters like, <laughs> close that damn thing he's, up. He's like, it's coming along. Yeah, my, my experiment is just coming along great. And you're in this screaming, moaning thing. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you guys. So that scene, because I always thought, what is he seeing in there? Because of yeah. course, you don't see the dripping muck monster right. until the end. Yeah. But it's like, what is he seeing in there? Because we know he's like, you hear, the, it's like, oh, you know, he's eating that woman. It's horrible, you know, and it's like he's absorbing her. Well. I got a hold of a um, a German DVD mm-hmm. for that, and there was like a, a gallery of like stills. Mm-hmm. And we were at we being a, a bunch of the, the European trash cinema group and other people. We we would get together at these fanet shows, and um, I brought that disc with me. And I think it was uh, Bruce Holacek had noticed this. He said, "Hey, let's take a look." He wanted to look at the gallery. Mm-hmm. And we were flipping through it, and he's like, look at this. And it's like, there was a still of the primordial monster in the cell, and it yeah. had all his half-eaten victims lying oh, around yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, with like, uh, it's like, oh, 
I don't ever remember seeing that in the movie. No, <laughs> well, see, no. that that's one of those things where you realize that's the magic of editing because obviously they shot the film with the idea that you were going to see the creature long before you actually do in the movie. And yeah. what they realized, obviously, while editing the movie was, well, no, if we show them the creature and we show them the, its disgusting room and all the bodies and everything it's not nearly as effective as just having that thing right. slam that door open and come out and that's the first time you see that creature. Yeah. That's the that's the holy shit moment yeah. of the movie. It's almost like a, it's almost like a James Arnold thing moment from yeah. the thing, you know. It's, it's like that, that. It, yeah, it is like the the thing from another world where that door slams open and there's that thing silhouetted against the door frame and you're just like, "Oh god, what are we in the middle of here?" <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I just watched that about a month ago. Oh really? <laughs> oh, yeah, but, oh yeah, you got you got you got to love those movies. Of course. Oh yeah, I love old fifties sci-fi movies. That's right like there the with thing. you. Yeah. Yes. What was the other one with the Martian? The uh, It Terror from Beyond Space. Yeah. yeah the yeah, Martian. The classic. Yeah. The Martian gets on on the space the rocket with them yeah. and is chasing them up through the rocket level <laughs> after level. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you know, such great movies, but you know, uh, Nashi. I mean, with that one with Hunchback, it, it's just I know. You know, you hear the stories about you know it's it's an acclaimed film. It, it won awards at like fantasy film festivals, yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that. But it's it's definitely one of those ones. It's another one that I've I've shown to groups, and it it never fails to, to floor people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're oh, kind of like, it, it's a, it's a God, crowd. What am I watching? Yeah, always been a crowd pleaser. Every time I've showed that movie uh, in any setting, mm-hmm. it's, it's just one of those things that. It, you, you might you might see them kind of wondering well, where is this thing going, but by about the forty five minute mark, once things are in the catacombs and you realize, oh shit, this dude's a full on mad scientist. Everybody's everybody's keyed into the fact that this is getting weirder and sicker as we go along here, man. <laughs> beautiful. It was just it, it was a beautiful piece of work. It, is, it really is. I don't think we'll ever see its like no. ever again, unfortunately, but. Man, oh man, Hunchback of the Morgue. It's like, and and that's only yeah, and, that, and that's only number four yeah. on my list. Oh my god! Yeah. So, okay, okay. So, so here, now, here we now go. we gotta figure out what. Are, okay, so what are the what are top, top three? three? This is gonna be interesting. All right, number three, Horror Rises from the Tomb. Yes, cool, so cool. Okay, can't go wrong with Horror Rises. That's nope. another one of those ones where it seems like well, Nash. The way Nash tells the story, I guess he he said he wrote the script. It was probably like a treatment. You know, because I, I guess it was, I think that one was pro filmes. So uh, the producer said, well, we need a treatment. And it's like, when? Uh, like now. So he's <laughs> yeah. like, all right. So he's like, oh, well, I took some, yeah. I took some pills. You know, now yeah. she's like, took oh, some I took yeah. some pills and I stayed up all night and I wrote this script. And I was like, right. well, I don't know what the hell was in those pills, but <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Well, that, here's the thing. There didn't yeah. need to be anything in the pills except speed because all the madness was already in his head and it just <laughs> he just right. vomited it out onto the page and by yeah. God, that's the way it, it should be. But it, it is, it is, it is, I mean, I, I think it's one of the greatest uh, Euro horror film altogether. I mean, it's, oh, just, it's, yeah. it's just fantastic. Well, I love the the way it starts off, you know, and and like you know, he doesn't waste any time getting mm. to the executions and the beheading, and they and they string Helga Linnea up on that that crazy tree, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's got the creaky organ music, and you got seances and zombies and 
bloodletting and you know and well i guess that was that was the house it was uh nashi's family home yeah. i guess yeah. which he sold eventually and and you saw it in other movies you actually you saw it in um saw it in hell of the, hell devil. Of the devil yeah yeah but as a matter of fact you saw the same staircase yeah that great staircase plastic head went clunk, clunk, clunk. <laughs> well, that, that, that same staircase is the staircase where howard vernon gets blown to shit in, yeah. in hell of the devil <laughs> yes <laughs> Howard. Oh yep. man. Yep. But yeah, it's like yeah, again, it's like horror rises. The higher we go up on the list, it's like, well, again, it's like another one of those ones. What can we say that hasn't already been said other than it's just I would tell anybody, watch and enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. I mean it's it's it, it, it almost doesn't get any better than that one. It's ki- it's kitchen sink, you're a trash horror madness, and it's mm. at its absolute best. Well well put. Kitchen sink for sure, yeah, because yeah. he he really did throw everything in there, and it's the one. Well, that, and it, and of course, the character comes back for a sequel. Yes, yes, yes that's right. Like like Beats, yeah. which I watched again. I watched that recently too, yeah. Yeah. which didn't make my list. But you know, that's another one that you know. I mean, maybe a top ten isn't enough. It would probably have to be a top twenty-five. I was about to say with really? Nashi, I always yeah. I always end up with a with a list that stretches to twenty. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it, it always oh, yeah. ends up that way. Yeah, because I kind of feel bad leaving some of the movies out. Yeah. We'll talk about things off on the side because there's always something in there, mm. something to yep. like, some some odd scene or just, you know, and I think that's the way I like to view movies is I, I can always find something in there to like. Yeah, yeah. You know, but boy, it horror rises from the tomb. There's a lot to like in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number two. Dr. Jekyll and the Wolfman. Fine choice. Yes, fine. Great choice. I mean, where else are you going to get a werewolf in a disco? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or even better, a werewolf in an elevator. You know? <laughs> Poor Paul, he's like, oh, why is this happening to me? And they're coming to the movie. He's like, oh, 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 oh why is this happening to me? <laughs> you know? Well, I, I also, once again, how had no one ever thought, you know the perfect cure for lycanthropy? <laughs> it's... The hide formula. <laughs> what else could it be? And and only Jack Taylor could deliver that theory and make it somehow sound like it could work. You know? <laughs> oh my God, Jack Taylor! You 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 guys could do a whole podcast oh. on that guy too. Oh, oh we love like Jack. I, yeah. Taylor. yeah. Don't don't think I haven't thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it's like yeah, Jack, and it's funny because he he actually. Uh, sometimes when you hear Nashi's voice in English dub versions, you guys probably already know this. It's Jack Taylor. It's Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny when you see Jack paired up. But yeah, Dr. Jekyll and the Wolfman is just such a fun movie. I mean, there's so much stuff going on in there. Um, but yeah, and Nashi looked like he was just having a blast playing Mr. Hyde. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's just, the transformation just and, and just the way he looked. I mean, and and I like the Mr. Hyde in this movie better than the goofy Mr. Hyde in Howl and the Devil, you know? Because he had yeah. his little scenes with mm-hmm. Sir. He's in the kid's bedroom yeah. or meets yeah, him in right. the woods. He's like, yeah. hey, you know, it's like, you know, how are you doing, Adrian? You know, yeah. like, oh, hi, Mr. Hyde. <laughs> you know, like, Mur- murdered any women lately? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raped and killed any prostitutes lately, sir? <laughs> Yeah, but in this one, it's just so uncompromising. He's just like, they've got him strapped down to a yeah. table, and he's like, they know he's going to just go on a murder yeah. rampage. He's like, let me go. I've, I've got to have women, lots of them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just, yeah. it's so great. And it's like, 
Yeah, poor Martha Miller. She gets the worst of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some viciousness in that film too. And and what I love is that the viciousness in the movie uh, is almost all perpetrated by either the human characters or by Hyde. Almost none of the, the real viciousness is done by the werewolf. That's right. Well, and then at the end, you have that. I, I guess you you have that scene where like I, I think they cribbed it from a French movie where during you know with the death and you know his. His love is like lying there next to them, and they're holding hands. Yeah, <laughs> you know, at the very end, in an attic or something, and just like, okay, you know, now yeah. she's not afraid to like pirate ideas here and there. Oh, sure. thought, yeah. oh, this would be this would be a good way to end it, mm-hmm. you know. But it's like, all right, the werewolf dies again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, he's gonna die. The werewolf dies here. I mean, I guess in you know, with maybe. One exception, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's there is one exception, and that exception is Night of the Howling. My number, Beast. my number one yeah. drum roll, Night of the Howling oh, Beast. Wow. <laughs> hey, I wonder, number one favorite. I wondered. Yes. Okay, and cool. he did survive. Yeah, this yeah. one's a this one's a sentimental favorite. Man. So, and, and probably I guess it I could you could argue yeah it made my list because it was probably my first. Mm-hmm. But I never get tired of watching this one. It yeah. never gets old. It's, it, 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 never... it's so effective. There's so much. It's mm. an, it's another kitchen sink movie. Mm. It's a lot smoother in its transition from one crazy element to the next than, say, Horror Rises from the Tomb, where you can see the scenes. You can like, almost hear the zipper being zipped up. Don't pay attention to the fact that we're going into something weird new. <laughs> Whereas you know, in this one at least, yeah. it's like at least you're in a you know they put they, the the film takes place in a locale. It's like mm-hmm. you know you you have that weird yeti attack at the beginning, and yep. then you know you don't get the yeti again until the end. But honestly, by the time he shows up at the end, you've forgotten all about the damn yeti anyway. There's too much going <laughs> on. It's like oh yeah, there's that yeti again, and he, a yeti with kind of a weird kind of whine, and and of course he was no match for the werewolf. Poor thing. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> he was toast. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he, at the beginning of the film, he just rips through the expedition and kills yeah. all of them. But it's like the werewolf, forget it. But yeah, the, the, the again, very energetic werewolf. I mean, I remember just certain sequences really pop up in my head, like um, you know, the scene where you got the lone ride, the bandit rider in the snow, and the oh, werewolf yeah. jumps yeah. on the horse with him. Oh, and yeah. you hear the guy, the poor guy screaming and goes riding off into the snow, and it's just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, and that was a hell of a leap, too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, the magic of editing, but still, yeah. it's like, that was pretty impressive. You know, and then you get, I love when you, you get into the palace, and you've got the whole thing with, um, well, Sylvia Solar, who's yeah. always yeah. oh, great. Yeah, So, you know, so, so she's she's the evil sorceress there who's got her own agenda, yeah. and then she she got unlucky because they kidnapped the um, you oh, know the, the high powered the high powered princess there who yeah. was like yeah. hell bent on revenge. Yeah, and runs she's her through a little with badass. A spear. <laughs> yeah, God, that 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 woman went, all she needed was an edged weapon, and she was hell on wheels, man. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Because it's like you know, you, you know who who was. Let's see, I'm trying to remember who the uh, who was the actress playing Nashi's girlfriend. Um, oh, uh, oh my god, she was. Her, also, last, her last name was her last real name was Melina. Um, yeah, her name's. She was also an exorcist. Grace, exactly. Grace, Grace, Grace Mills. Mills. Grace Mills. Grace that Mills. Was, that was her. That was her uh, stage name. Grace Mills. Yeah, great. That was it. Grace Mills. Yeah, because she was just sort of petrified through the film. Yeah. And then you've got this this 
warrior princess who's like, oh, wait a minute, where'd you get that knife? Give me that. We're going to kill the guard and break out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And the next thing you know, she's re- she's rallied all of those girls, and damn it, if they haven't like taken down like, all these guards. And- yeah. <laughs> it's like, it oh, so holy great. shit. Yeah. I'm surprised well, that I woman had with it. I guess if the alternative was being strapped to a post and being flayed. Yeah. <laughs> Find some way to get the hell out of there. Well, that's like that. Uh, what was that Florinda Balkan thing? You ever see Flavia the yes, heretic? Yes, yeah, Flavia the heretic, yeah. You know, so, yeah, that's got an awful flaying in there, too. But I would say Night of the Howling Beast tops what they had in Flavia because it's like, man, that was bad. Well, it, <laughs> it mean, is grotesque. They're just ripping that off. It, ha- it has oh. to be uh, that yeah. has to be the sequence that got the film onto the video yeah. nasties list. Probably so. Uh, oh, yeah. But, Definitely. yeah, Sylvia Sola are doing this. Yeah, they, her bizarre way of trying to cure the... Khan's Khan's got that weird skin, well, skin well, condition or something. She's when, like, when, when the most powerful man in the region yeah. has back me, yeah, <laughs> you've you've got to find a way to fix that up, or yeah. he's just going to be unhappy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So it's like the only way to do it. Well, I guess we're just going to have to kidnap random women and play them, them, and yeah, we'll use this as as a big bit of liquid skin here. <laughs> just, just spread it across. Fix you right up. You know? <laughs> oh, and of course, this movie has uh, my favorite. My favorite. This is probably my favorite steal from one of the Universal horror movies that Nashie ever pulled, which is that that flower from Werewolf of London. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. Because like, it was the whole, it was the cure. Yeah. 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 And it was, like, it was this the whole is, cure. Yeah. It's yeah. like, the, if the only thing that would have made it better is if he'd somehow been able to resurrect Warner Olin and have him be part of the movie as well. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> now you, you jam it into a vein and you're better. <laughs> you won't turn into yeah. a lycanthrope. But it's like, what the yeah. hell? You, you got the whole Tibetan angle in there. Well, and as, and as we said, and it's like, and, the werewolf survives. So it's like Waldemar actually lives in this one. It's yeah, like, yeah. and it's, it's, it's the only one, and it's yeah. pretty awesome. It's 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 that yeah. ra- it's that rare happy ending. Court, well, depending on how you look at it, considering as we've always as we've always said, yeah, it's a happy ending. But these two people are they don't even have any overcoats, and they're walking off into the freezing blizzard. Well, it was like in House of Psychotic Women. It's like, well, we gotta we gotta go on the lamb. Let's we have no overcoats, yeah. no, nothing. Let's run up into the mountains. <laughs> you know? So it's That's like right. if the if the French police didn't track them down, it's like why even bother chasing them? They're gonna freeze to death. <laughs> yeah, like, let, let let the hypothermia get them. We'll find them. In the spring <laughs> exactly so that's those are my favorite good, top 10 good, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a hell of a list yeah that's a great list but you know so like cool. I said mileage may vary but you know a lot of these I've rewatched recently uh, a lot of other movies that didn't make the list but you know like you're saying yeah I, I, we could easily add 10 more to that yeah so awesome. it's it's just amazing just the, the depth and breadth of Nashi's filmography and just some of the some of the fun stuff that's in there, yeah. you know, that you yeah. dig out. I, I mean, I remember I don't even remember who I wrote it for, but I got a hold of uh, this must have been in the nineties, and and of course we were all haunting like ethnic video stores, right? Yeah. yeah. And I and I ran across a copy of uh, El Ultimo Kamikaze. Yeah. 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 The last Kamikaze. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's like this is a Nashi movie, uh. <laughs> and of course, no subtitles. Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> so I figured, well, you know, I'll take one for the team, so I'll watch it. Now that one wasn't actually was not very hard to follow because it was kind of an action mm. film, mm. but it's, you know, it's actually a pretty damn good little movie. It is. It, it is actually, yeah, it is pretty good. You know, that one, and then um, 
let's see, what was a, another one that you guys probably see? Night of the Executioner? Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Which yes, is indeed. kind of Nashie's take on Death Wish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. That, which, yeah, that yeah. one was fun. Um, oh, man. Um, if you want to see some really oddball ones, um, if you, have you guys seen, you've probably seen Operation Mantis? Yes, uh, like yes, comedy. Yes. Oh, boy. That was, yes. yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that, yeah that, that's the yeah. one that, that, that shit canned his production company. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of see why. Yeah. yeah. There, wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot to recommend. That no. one. Nashy, Nashy plus comedy equals failure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really work too well. Yeah. You, Although, you got, you got, <laughs> Julia Sally in this uh, bizarre, I mean, I, you know, her is this bizarre super villainous with, no, like, no, you know, it's you know, kind don't, of a new, Don't get me wrong. The movie yeah. has things that, yeah. that are appealing. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, she probably loved that. Well, it was sort of like in, um, you know, you guys were talking about Santo movies, and it's like, was it in Operation 67? And you had mm. Elizabeth Campbell, who she got to play the, uh, I guess she was the leader of the, uh, the, um, the Latin American uh, crime organization. <laughs> usually she never got to play, you know, yeah. usually she's just a female luchador and she's like one of the good guys, yeah. you know, but she got to play a bad girl on that one. That's a good, so, that's a good old movie too. I just saw that. So, yeah. two, oh yeah, that, that one's to, fun. So I'm ago. sure, you know, anytime these actresses get to play something like that, they probably relish it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. As well as I mean, how, how lucky is Helga Lene because she's always playing bad girls. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was always yeah. such a blast. It was it was so it, good. It's a joy to see whenever uh, whenever you run across a. I, I can't believe she's still alive today. That kills me. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't she the one in? I think she was in, in Santo versus Doctor Death. Yeah. I think she was the one in the, the Mad Lab. I think she went down yes. to shoot into the bad yeah. ass. Yeah. She did. She did. Yeah. But that was one of our few gripes. That's one of our few gripes about the film is 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 uh, she spends the whole film basically in, in their hair all done up in a nurse's uniform, like real tight. Oh, like, you, know, blood, yeah. you know, get to see Helga do her Helga thing. We think well, you know the hair never comes down. The you know she never yeah. lets it all yeah. never lets it all out. Yeah, yeah. I, the eyes never strike fire across the room. Yeah. You're just waiting for it to happen, and it yeah. never does. And it's like, damn it, that's right. a, that's a oh, that's a. I'm glad she's in the movie, but. It, that's criminal misuse of that actress. Yeah. Come on, a film that we love. It's under yeah. that's right, underused. Yeah. A film <laughs> that's kind of wasted. Yeah, a film that we love that we got to you know do an audio commentary for is that Lorelai's Grasp. You know that she's yes. fantastic oh, in yeah. that one. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. Where, she's she's a, the centerpiece. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. And Tony Kendall. Tony yep. Kendall. Yeah. Playing playing yeah. play, playing the Spanish white pants Elvis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know he. <laughs> Tony Kendall, I was watching the uh, you got one of you guys mentioned the Blind Dead movies, and I was watching the second one. Yeah, with Tony, I think that was the one also where he was like, uh, he was, I think he was, if that was the one, I think he's wearing these striped pants or something. <laughs> oh, I think, like, you're, I think, I think you're right. Is, yeah, so yeah, yeah, he's definitely in the movie. So yeah, yeah I think, I think you're right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you know, there, there's. With those movies, it's funny. You talk to fans of the Blind Dead movies, and you know you you get people who will be saying, "Oh yeah, well the the even number ones are the best." And it's like, well, I I actually kind of lean towards the odd number ones, the first one, and I even like heart, you know, Ghost Galleon, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is actually a terrible movie, but it's just one I of those come, movies. I, 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 I a, we softened on it a little bit. I've softened I've softened on Ghost Galleon. My feelings for a lot of years were that uh, of the four. Uh, Ghost Galleon was was the turd in the punch bowl. The, the but, weakest, yeah, yeah. It's easily the weakest, and and it still it still is the weakest. Don't get me wrong. But oh, the, technically, for sure. 
But the I mean, where else do you get the little boat? The little bobbing the, boat in the, the bathtub. Little, the little yeah. boat in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no kidding. But it, I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. It it has it's it does have those some truly astonishing sequences in it, and oh, yeah. you know, yeah, it's. I'm so glad he made that fourth one because the fourth one is where he he started folding it, where Osorio started folding in the Cthulhu mythos, and he he really yep. got he really got back to what made the first two really tight, mean, and so. Night of the Night of the Seagulls just really fires on all cylinders again, and it's like if that's oh, gonna, yeah. if you're gonna go if you if you're gonna end the series there, it's like that's a good choice. If you ended yeah. with Ghost Gal, you would have been like, hey, well, there were two really good ones, <laughs> and then you know down. what was interesting in the second one though is you had the um, you had the the I, I guess he was sort of like the village idiot character Murdo, yes, right, right. remember him? Right. And it's like I you know I a lot of us had seen cut prints and. When you see the full-on version of that, the Murdo character was much less sympathetic because they cut out all the bits where he's doing. Remember, he's doing his own sacrifices. Oh yeah. It's oh like, yes. Whoa. And I was like, when I first saw that, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, mm-hmm. where, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. You know. So it's interesting sometimes when they're when they're cutting stuff out of these films, yeah. you know, and you're it, and, and it changes the way you perceive a character like that. You know, it's like, because I went for years, and it's like, I had no idea, <laughs> you know, I, I was even kind of felt bad for the guy, but now it's like, oh, it's like, we want the blind dead to just take him out. <laughs> you know? well, there, 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 come, there comes a point when I've realized that I got very lucky in that by the time I started, you know, diving just headlong into this stuff in the 90s, most of the time I was able to see uncut prints of them, for the most part, not always. And when mm-hmm. they weren't, and uh, when they were not uncut prints, I knew that what I was watching was butchered. So I was at least mm-hmm. aware, to a large degree, even if I was watching a, a cut print, that it was yeah. missing some pieces here and there. And a lot of that, and once you move into the the DVD age, you're watching the uncut film as as much as humanly possible, even if they're having to cut in lower grade, you know, lower grade pieces and scenes, so that you yeah. get the entire movie. And so, to a large degree, I'm really happy that I didn't have. Don't get me wrong; the experience of see, catching it on late night television would have been a joy. But knowing that my first experience of Horror Rises from the Tomb would not have involved the nudity of Helga Linnae probably would have freaked me out a little bit. I would have been like, "Well, what is the?" Re-? Because there's a certain there's a certain yep. juice that is added to these movies when you oh, yeah. cross those lines, when the violence and the mm. sex is there. They're in those movies to give that kind of that that frisia, that 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 juice, that that kind of thrust forward the 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 viciousness, the sex, the the crossing the line is part of the story. Mm. And when oh, it's yeah. not, and when it's not there, the movie does suffer. And I think a good example of that is uh, a Nashy film that I cannot like, <laughs> I do not like, and it's the crime film, the French crime film Crimson. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, the man with the man, man with a severed head. Yeah, that's and a tough one. Yeah, it's 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 not very good. And every time I every time I see the the deleted scenes, which include nudity, mm-hmm. I'm thinking the movie would have had a little extra something if those scenes are in the movie. But without mm-hmm. those scenes in the movie, it's just a complete flatline in sequences that needed something. They needed. Yeah. I hate to say it, but they needed that exploitative thrust that mm. kind of lift that that kind of stuff gives a story like that and i agree and and that's yeah, why because you would definitely it, it did feel like it was missing something didn't it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that juice as you yeah. said and it just speaks to 
Nash, he uh, just he really knew what he was doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? he did. And and we know how involved he got in these productions. Um, yep. Like just some of the stories that he told about um, Beast and the Magic Sword, you know. And he was talking about things like just even things about just how hard it was to get a white horse. And it's like, well, nobody in Japan has a white horse except the emperor. <laughs> you know? So it's like, okay, well, you need a white horse. It's like, well, let's talk to Toshiro Mifune. You know, yeah, he'll get you the yeah, white horse. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he tells all these great stories, yeah. you know, and it's like where they actually wow. made him a, actually made him a silver sword, you know, or he wanted the sword, then they actually made yes. it. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, and that even freaked Nashi out. And yeah. He's like, "Well, but this is real silver," and they're like, "Yes, <laughs> that's, that's what you said." <laughs> yes, it's like, yeah, it's like, isn't that what you wanted? <laughs> oh my god, that's that's incredible, and and you know, and then he talked about the scene with the tiger, and it's like, yeah, we fed the tiger about twenty five chickens <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't want to die. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's like, yeah, and it's like you'd have like a window of about maybe sixty seconds to work with the tiger before yeah. the tiger would get fed up with it and just swipe <laughs> at you, you know, with his paw. <laughs> And that same so that was a yeah. pretty that was a pretty stunning sequence. It really too. is. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's about as good as I mean. It, it's it looks about as good as is that a scene like that filmed you know with 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 real tiger and real person you know with no help from any CGI or anything like that I mean it's about as good oh, as that yeah. sequence could be you know yeah, really it really is yeah well there's a similar sequence and if you've seen the remake of uh, Island of Doctor Moreau with uh, Burt Lancaster yeah. Michael yeah. York and yeah. uh, uh, Michael York right yep and um, there's a sequence in there where you have what you were just talking about. You have a live person fighting a tiger. It was one of the manimals. Yeah. And I was reading some of the behind-the-scenes discussions about how they did that. And apparently, that actor underneath his animal makeup, he had like a football helmet on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the tiger at some point actually had his jaws on the guy's head. Oh, my God. And he, my God. he'd have been a goner if it had oh, not yeah. been for that helmet. Well, I was like, wow, <laughs> those stuntmen are insane. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, nah, I don't think you're going to get me uh, <laughs> no. in like a dungeon with a tiger no. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care how many safety people I have just off screen. It's just not going to happen. So, no. Yeah, I know. And it's like, you know, and what about the rest? You know, okay, you got a, a helmet on or something. But what about the rest of your body? I mean, even yeah. if you're wearing... Mm. Chainmail, I mean, you know, tigers, they got claws. Well, not only that. It's the same thing. One scratch and you got a horrible infection. Well, not just that. Say, say, okay, say you're you're wearing some kind of chainmail on on your arms. I'm sorry, but that that sucker bites down on your arm. A, how are you getting it off? And B, you're going to come away with more than a bruise, man. You're going to hurt a lot. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe crushed bones. Yeah. You're you're going to be in trouble. Oh, well, Lord. you gotta you gotta hand it to the guy though. I mean, yeah, and absolutely. for as long as he was making movies, I mean, right up until the end, and it, it's just amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you, you got you, you can see why so many people love the guy in a lot of do. Well, I, well mean, I, I think one of the reasons why people respond so well to Nashi and will continue to respond so well to Nashi is that he was possibly the first. Monster movie fan to make monster movies. Good point. Yeah, he was Absolutely. a diehard fan of monster films, and he got to write, star in, and direct those kinds of movies—the movies that he loved. He wasn't an actor who was using horror films as just a, a stepping stone in a career. 
That's what he wanted to freaking do. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. love of the genre, it comes through those. It comes through the screen. You can feel it. You can smell it. Damn near. It's the kind of thing that makes horror movie fans, monster movie fans. As soon as you pick up on it, you realize it's that line from Freaks. One of us. One of us. He's definitely a, yeah. one of us. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, and it's yeah, because this like he, he, you know, he's not a fake. You know, because no, no, we can see, no. we can see right through. You know, we're fans. We can see right through it. Yeah. Yep. And it's yep. like yep. you just said. That's it. He is one of us. Yeah. Uh-huh. No question. No question about it. Well, and it's funny too because uh, apparently, well, in the first one, you know, the the Mark of the Wolfman or you know. It wasn't really his intention to, it wasn't his intention to even be the lead actor. Right. You know, and it's like, he kind of, it's just sort of like, okay, (laughs) I have to do it. Yeah, because he wrote it 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 for, we wrote it with Chaney Jr. in mind, you know, but it was just, Chaney was just too far gone at that point. Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, well, like you guys do a Nashy cast, you got to do it yourself. It's like when I started publishing, the first issue of videos that I did, I had to write the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have, because nobody knew who I was, and I didn't have any contributors. Mm-hmm. Now, once I got a first issue out there, it got a little easier. And after a while, you know, you get to maybe, maybe issue four or five, you know, six, seven with an ashy thing. Basically, the whole thing got handed to me. So it's like, yeah. other than just producing it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't have to do the writing on top of everything else. Oh well, something we we didn't get to earlier, and I thought we were going to is uh, you only produced one more issue after the big Nashy issue. Um, right. What uh, what went down? What happened? So the Christina Lindbergh thing was number eight. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a plan at number nine, and it was going to be sort of the all German issue. So we had um, we had tracked down Peter Thomas, the composer. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, I had written interview questions, and we had gotten an interview, and uh, I had a lot of reviews of the Dr. Mabuza movies and German Edgar Wallace movies, Brian Edgar Wallace movies. And Conrad Widener had written this great article on all the Jerry Cotton movies with uh, George Nader. So it was going to be a pretty big issue. And what had happened was uh, the distribution fell apart. So all of a sudden it's like everybody, you know, it's just you couldn't get any any of the distributed distributors interested. Something had changed with uh, Diamond was one of the big distributors. Yeah. Um, you had uh, let's see, uh, Tower yeah. was another one. Yeah. Like Tower well, Records. That's, that's, where, that's where, Towers where I bought yeah. the issues. Yeah, that's what we yeah. So, um, but mm. yeah, that's that's what happened. And then also the print is, the printing started getting a little bit too expensive. So, I mean. It was sort of a hobby for me too. I figured, well, you know, why not? Pu- you know, why publish? Well, why not? What else am I going to do with the, the, you know, do with the money? It, it's better putting it into print uh, than drinking it, you know, like, <laughs> drinking it, you know, but you know, or, or or spending another, you know, gambling it away or something like that. But but ultimately, that's kind of what happened. Is just the, uh, um, it was just getting just too darn expensive, um, and it wasn't. 
nobody publishes to make money. I mean, that's sure, definitely, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's like like what you guys are doing. You know, you're not yeah. doing the national <laughs> right, cast. Nobody, nobody podcasts to make money, although some people end up doing it, but not us. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you gotta, like, you've got to be a celebrity for that, yeah, for you to right. make money yeah, on the podcast. Right. Like, I wasn't really making any money. Now, I, I was getting advertisers, and I started selling my inside back cover, my outside back cover. You know, I, I think I had one issue. I, I think for the Nashi one, I, I sold all the, most of the covers. Um, and I had ads. Um, so, yeah. but you know, that was another thing, getting into managing paid advertising, that was kind of sucking some of the fun out of it yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, too much like, but it was, too much like work, right? Yeah. 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 But you know, but it was mainly, it was mainly the distribution. The yeah. bottom kind of fell out on distribution. You know, it was probably around 97, I guess, mm. after I got the Christina thing out. Um, although I'm glad I did that one. I never did get the meter. She came out to Cleveland. Actually, it was funny. Um, are you talking about the, uh, I'm sorry, the cinema wasteland that she came to? Because that, yeah, I, that's, yeah, video I went, yeah, yeah. Ken, I went there. You guys know Ken Kish? Yeah, I met there. Yeah, at, um, Ken, yeah so I think Ken, yeah, I guess that must have been Ken, Ken and Ken yeah. Kish. So. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, great people. They, so, they are. Uh, you guys know uh, David Zazello, yeah, who, yeah. Um, you know, he also, you're a trash paradise. So, of course, um, yeah. David took my copy of this uh, Christina Lindbergh, this photo book that I had gotten a hold of that she had done like in the 70s. And her, um, I guess her common law husband, living boyfriend had, you know, they'd done this really nice hardbound book that was really hard to get, but I got a hold of a copy. So I sent it over to, uh, with David over to get Christina to sign it because I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it. So, but he was messing with me because I just wanted her to sign it, and, and he's like, "Yeah, I got her to sign it." You know, to, to David with love, Christina. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 no, well, he didn't do that. But, yeah. uh, well, that's, yeah, but, see, that's exactly what he would say he's going to do yeah. and not do. Well, he, he, he would, would want to yank your chain as hard and long as he could. Yeah, the yeah. rat bastard. Of course, he <laughs> of course he would. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he still does stuff like that. So but yeah, she so she was so she was the one I didn't get to meet her, but um I did send her a box of the magazines to her workplace. She um she, at the time she was the editor of this magazine, I think it was called Fly Driven yeah. or something. Yeah. It was like an aviation, aviation magazine yeah, right. in Sweden. So so I shipped the box. I wrote her I sent a nice card and um shipped her a box of the magazines and she wrote me a nice letter back, which was really great. But, um, you know, other than that, it's, it was funny because with her, she was so different from Nashi. I wrote a lot of the questions and, uh, Bertel Lundgren and a, a friend of his, the, 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 these two guys over in Sweden did the interview and it just struck me how little she remembered Mm. about any of that stuff. <laughs> well, it was such a short... You know, whereas Nashi, it seems like he remembers everything. Well, he was, you know? he was much more involved in it. And for her, I think, like, especially like Thriller... Most people want to know about Thriller or or, or, or uh, uh, yeah. uh, Sex and... Um, Sex and Fury. Sex and Fury. And it's yeah. like, that was a few weeks yeah. out of her life, man. Whereas for... Right. for where, whereas for Nashi, it was 10, 12 years... Mm. When he was firing on all cylinders, and that's believe me, there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. going on there. Plus, he was writing the stuff, he was cutting the deals, and so for Nashi, there's a lot more meat there to remember. So. But also, what's it is amusing though, uh, like in, in your magazine uh, 
Bob, you know, it's, it's, it is sometimes, you know, with all the information he gives you in there, it's also uh, fun, the uh, the very terse responses he gives concerning oh. certain films, you know, like yeah. some of the films where he basically has the one one line comment on the yeah. film. Like, that tells you right there a lot. <laughs> Fury of the Wolfman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the director was a drunk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's like when you see the yeah. film, it's like, is there any doubt? Yeah. Yeah, it's Shadows of <laughs> Blood is just no comment, no comment. Yeah, Shadows of Blood, his entire, his entire commentary was no, no comment. comment, no comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, yeah. <laughs> like Nashy, he can turn a phrase too. Oh, he can, he can. <laughs> he's he such a good funny. writer. I mean, he's, but yeah, yeah, you can really tell the ones that he really wanted, the ones yeah. that the, he really went on about, you know, that he mm-hmm. really still loved those films. Yeah. yeah. Um, but boy, what a memory. I mean, considering, you know, this was done in the 90s and he's talking, you know, about movies from 30 years ago, you know, and you think about, okay, like you said, you made the point, Christina made a movie, it's a few weeks out of her life. Well, maybe the same for Nasty, but also he, he's made so many movies. How do they not all blur together Mm. sometimes for him? You know, they, they don't blur together for me. They don't blur together for you guys, but you know, we, we know these movies. That's just it. I I think it, I think it's easier or I think it was easier for him for the ones where he wrote the scripts because then he spent so much time Mm -hmm. with it that it, it, that's going to stick. And I think that, that it shows up, especially you can see it in, um, you can see it in the interview where he's talking about all the films and, and videos where he's, the, the films that he was like a hired gun on, he's got a mm-hmm. lot less to say because honestly, True. he was a lot less invested in those things as well. He didn't spend True. he didn't spend a couple of months working on a script while he was doing other things, and then you know he didn't live with those stories for that long. He lived with them for the length of the shoot, and that was all. And so those oh, yeah. th- there's not a lot of memories involved in you know those crime films that he made occasionally for, for you know for to fill in for somebody and to, to bridge a gap between this production and the next production. So yeah. You know, it's funny. My wife will walk in a lot when I'm watching some of these movies, and invariably, it's the scene where she's walking in, and he's in he's in bed with another starlet, you know, and, she's like, and she's like, "Uh huh." And I'm like, "Well, he does write the script. Yeah, <laughs> it's his, it's his it's baby. One of the perks." <laughs> well, listen, Bob. I think we probably ought to let you go. We've we've definitely yapped your ear off, and you've. Happily, yapped ours off yes. as well. I've had a blast. It's been fun. It really has been great to talk to you. It really has been awesome. We yeah, appreciate well, I, it. Very I much. loved it. It was really great talking to you guys too. So, but best of wishes, best wishes for future Nashi cast, and <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk more about. Um, we got to get that uh, Agonizando and El Cremen into your hands. You know too. Uh, that that would be great. As a matter of fact, we if we can get a if we can get a, a look at that movie, I'm going to see if anybody's managed to fan sub that anywhere. I'm going to see if I can track down a version of that. You know what we might do is uh, if I can find a, a, a subtitled version of that damn thing, that would be even more fun. To, we we could actually have you back on and discuss that movie if we can ever do that. That would be a blast. Yeah, that would cool. be cool. I love that. That would be time. great. Well, you know, and if there are any others, send me a list because I've got I got a box full of really odd, obscure <laughs> Spanish movies. Okay. It's, now it's going to be on tape. Yeah. But you know, but I'd be happy to send you know ship the tapes over to you. But like, if there are other Nashies that you're missing, but that one definitely I got to get in your hands. All right, man. So, but but think about it and shoot me a reminder. Cool. Once again, Mr. Bob Sargent, yes. thank you very much. You're very welcome. Appreciate it. I enjoyed it.
that's too good. That's too good. If you're not enjoying it, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> hey, well, that's right. And it's like if you're not if you're not having fun, you know, life's too short. <laughs> it's yeah. like why bother, Amen. right? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Once again, thank you very much for doing this. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Well, thank you for inviting me. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Great talking with you guys. Let's do it again. All, All right. right. We'll talk Sounds to you great. later. Talk, talk okay. To Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Free For All, an episode-by-episode podcast about one of the most endlessly fascinating television shows ever made, The Prisoner. Each week we'll be taking an in-depth look at the 17 episodes of The Prisoner. I'm Chris Bainbridge, Senior Lecturer in Broadcast and Creative Media, and I'm also a Prisoner devotee. And I'm Kai Ross, a film writer, restaurateur, and Chris's mate, which is how I got this gig. (laughs) So if you want to find us on Facebook, you can find us by searching for Podcast Free For All. And if you want to look for us on Twitter, we are Free For All Pod. And feel free if you want to comment, join the group, send messages, all that stuff. Hey, it's Rod jumping in here one more time at the end to remind everyone that uh, this one uh, this one was a long time in coming. Sorry, there were so many months between episodes, but hey, this one's a long one. At least that's true, right? And uh, like I said, we were uh, we were thinking about adding some uh, responses to some emails at the end of the show, but we realized that this one's long enough, and we're just going to do a little mini episode we'll put out again here in a few weeks. So stay tuned to the feed, and we'll have a little bitty episode with some uh, feedback. If you want to add your voice to the show, either through email or voicemail or whatever you want to do, remember the email address is nashicast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you anytime. Uh, comments, suggestions, ideas, criticisms, anything along those lines, we'd be glad to hear from you. So you can uh, write us or you can record us a message and send it to us via that email address and uh, we'll try to include it in a future episode. So thank you very much. Once again, thanks to Bob Sargent and uh, we will talk to you again very soon. Mm-hmm.